Disclaimer, the following Boundless Pub Trap episode contains strong opinions that some listeners may and will find offensive. If you cannot accept or respect others with a differing opinion from yours, then fuck off. Rolling sound. Y'all ain't playing no fucking these chickens, are you? Picture it. Sicily, 1920. Streaming from the Midwest, right in the middle of the U.S. From Omaha, Nebraska, you're listening to the Boundless Pod Track, your entertainment podcast where we touch on all topics, from the crazy and absurd to the sacred and profane, and even the useless and unnecessary. The Boundless Pod Trap knows no bounds. And now, here are your hosts. What's happening, people? I haven't had one of those as an intro in a long time, so I feel like it, it was oh, necessary. Yeah, I feel the like the last few times it was just like, "How are we doing?" Or I, I forget exactly what it was. What's but happening, people? I'm excited. Today is today is January 27th. This isn't going to be released until February. I guess this is kind of like, oop, nah, that just cuts right out. Good. It's our Valentine's. It's, Day yeah, this episode. is kind of our Valentine's episode, and I wish I would have knew that ahead of time because we could have prepared something for it, like we did last Valentine's. Oh, Day. but I did. Oh, okay. Oh, well, thank you. You got us. You got us. Thanks for being on But not only that, but today, January 27th, I have to send a shout out to one of my icons, Mike Patton. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, fucker. I heard he does listen to this podcast. Yeah, he does, he's, yeah. he's a good... <clears throat> Mike, if you're listening, get well soon, buddy. Yep. Best wishes to you. Fans love you. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have a queued <laughs> uh, up. That's a shocker. There it is. Everybody. Round of applause. There we go. Mike Patton. Anyways, uh, I think that one just continues, so I had to cut it out. I could have faded it, but yeah. Well, episode 036 in the house. That just doesn't seem right. What? Happy. I know. We're at least at like, what, 55 That's like episodes? That's age, isn't it? 36? It is. I should have done something special for this. I usually don't. Yeah, if you did something special, we'd we'd be here till like three in the morning. We've reached Justin's age in podcast. I'm okay with that. Mm. Three in the morning and yeah. So it's kind of like my birthday too. You know how ridiculously boring it would be if we recorded a podcast till three in the morning. We'd be dead by the time. There's a, sorry, going back to Mike Patton. There's a Mike Patton Facebook group and I posted a Mike Patton and Patton Oswald like mashup because it's both of their birthdays today. So it's like Mike Patton Oswald, you know, and it, it looks so You're lame. so proud of that. You have such a gleam <laughs> in your eye. He's yeah, fucking I'm like shining. Yeah. He if he could pat himself on the back any harder, he, did. he, he would be he would be <laughs> bruised. <sighs> he did. Thank you. Thank you. No false And idols. I bet you you were excited all day to say that. Uh no, I you I were looking forward to it. I just did it recently. Yeah. So how how have you guys been? How I'm talking to the fans. How have you fans been? They come, they, they're taking to take priority do a, today. Do you have a cricket sound effect? Uh, hey, don't make fun of our fan. <laughs> oh, well, my sister Anybody? doesn't listen to us anymore, so. No, we have a fan in Eastern Europe who listens every week. It's probably like some bot or something like that. Don't no. disrespect our fan. He won't listen anymore. I got, yeah. I, there's people in Africa, Europe. 
uh, I think there's one in like the Orient. Some some people in the north, one North from, America, they one from Botswana, North and North America. The things you upload the podcast to probably like just send you fake just listeners, like, yeah. just like oh, we'll make them Give feel them good. Numbers. Like they we have use, somebody in Austria listening to us. They no. use this in concentration camps to torture <laughs> victims. I don't know. I feel. I think our movie podcast has more listeners, like our friends. I think listen to that. But I, just, possibly. I did but, get a message this last week thanking me for all the, the great information on the butthole. Your, a lot of things that your they wife? No, no. She's like, thanks she for just, actually doing She research. left a note on my pillow that said, stay away from my butthole. Um, uh, take your freaking rings off. Uh, if I take my spikes. rings off, then I will have no credit in the butthole community. My street cred will be gone. Oh. But. No, I, I got a, I got a nice email from a gentleman that said thank you so much for all the information on the butthole. Is is a very pleasant email. I was, oh. I was surprised. So something you planned on sharing? No, <laughs> the no, email I not your to, butthole. I didn't want to share the rest of it, but the, uh, that part I will share. Huh. It was very nice. Huh. Right on. I feel like there's more to this that like setting us up for. Like, I'm not setting like, you up for anything. There's a punchline. There's no punchline. That was. The first couple sentences were, thank you very much for the information on the butthole. It was very informative. The rest of the message, I'm not going to share. That was it? Oh. The rest of the message was very forward, which I'm not planning on sharing. Like hitting on you? I meant to start a timer. I'm not going to plan on sharing. Has he seen pictures of you or she seen pictures of you? (laughs) (laughs) I meant to start a timer to see if we can. Don't make fun of my wiki feet. How far we go without talking about like poop or shit or uh that's the same thing so it ain't a day unless i say something about poop Poop. no you want to go grab a pizza you want a a nice grease release i don't need a a pizza pizza. pizza. (laughs) i could i could get probably half the things in the vending machine out there can give me the shits just as much as a greasy pizza before you even pushing the button (laughs) like oh god basically (laughs) i I read it (laughs) people think that i'm really out there like studying what I want out of the machine. Like, Oh, that looks good. That looks good. No, I'm I'm in my head. I'm like, if I eat this, I'll have two hours before the shit starts coming out of me. If I eat that maybe an hour. So if you see me in front of a vending machine, really concentrating, that's why. So saying that you would really have to like somebody a lot to go out for like ice cream or something like that with them. Well, I'm going straight home after this. (laughs) Can you cover this? No sex for you. Although Hy-Vee sells lactate ice cream. It's actually pretty great. It's delicious. Yeah. You it guys have just like it and it doesn't upset my tummy. The Ben and Jerry's vegan ice cream is pretty awesome. It's good, but if you have $15 for a pint of it, they're <laughs> so damn expensive. First person to comment on this episode gets a pint of Ben and Jerry's paid by the boundless pod trap do you got some money i can borrow i was gonna say we haven't even made like 15 cents in our existence that's not true no, we do have two dollars now oh well yeah. so thank they, you guys they can have a spoonful keep on Zazzle. keep those downloads com. <laughs> no, yeah. i haven't checked the that the proceeds on that but yeah you were the only one that bought stuff off of it uh I want to say yes. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> no, uh, my sister bought something off of there. I forget. She bought a couple things off of there. The, key ch- the keychains are legit. I really like those. I use the shit out of my water bottle. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And the, the pens. The pens, not depends. Sorry. my. <laughs> those uh, get the shit those, used out of them, too. Those pens are shit. They're all right. There's I mean, like, they're not like, I like, wow. like those gel ones. Just the switch out the ink in it. Sony Guts. <laughs> 
there you go. Yeah, I mean, Zazzle and stuff like that, they use the cheapest things possible. So just depends. Thanks. Thanks, bro. Thanks for throwing it out there. People know that. Zazzle.com. Get your shit. (laughs) Just search BPT on Zazzle.com. And you can get your ugly printed t-shirts too. <laughs> I got to get, get some more screen print more, some more options. Yeah. If anybody has any ideas for some options and wants to submit some stuff, it's like, yeah, you know, the, like uh, the cartoonize uh, characters, characterize our faces and put it on the shirt. What? Yeah. 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 Cartoonize. Yeah. Do you want to wear a shirt with your, our faces on it? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Oh. In cartoon form. Or have a cartoon person wear our real faces. Do you know any cartoon people? I know somebody that can draw us. They did a caricature of myself and Michael during the Glamour days. Awesome picture. I'd like to hang it up in here, but... When people say caricature, I always think that like they're fucking up a word. Because it doesn't sound like... They technically are. Caricature. Caricature. (laughs) Well, um, I say we waste no more time. I kind of want to start off with like a, a small game. Small game. Small game. What are your guys' thoughts about butts? butts? So I guess we can't even reach that. I like butts. You like butts? Yeah, I like, I like butts. them giggle. Butts are my favorite part of a person. <laughs> I do. I do have to say, uh, you know, there's the eternal debate. <laughs> Masturbate. Uh, the eternal bait of are you a butt or a boob guy? And I'm a, I'm a fan of both. But if I had to throw my chips in the ring, I'm, da- I, I'm a butt guy. I mean, like I, you both to me, it's, it's all proportionate of the body, but right. if, if it came down, push come to shove, I'd probably be a boob guy. Push come to shove. There you <laughs> yeah, go. yeah. Push, push and shove. Push come to motorboat. Huh. I would choose the boobage. All Can right. Motorboat on this. You got one to one. Boom. Uh, so yeah. T- anyways, tonight I was thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. D- don't glaze over that. Yeah. Oh, well, gun to your I like head. butts. Okay. And I, I can't lie. Like if a. Woman walks in with an itty bitty waist. If someone was holding a, a boobs or a butt to your face, <laughs> a boob you had to choose. We were just talking about this. I mean, like, eh, you guys know my wife isn't like big in the top. Oh, don't d- in the yeah, top. pause this section. You know? Cut that. <laughs> but she's got. <laughs> There's not enough room on my couch for you. <laughs> she's got a lot of thickness that um I can appreciate. She does. Like you could bounce like a steel beam off her butt. Yeah. Not even a quarter, just like a metal rod. Right. And when you wake up, whoo, whoo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that took me so long to get. Uh, I, when, you, when, you, when you get out of that coma. When you recover. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not commenting on your wife's body parts. What's wrong with my wife's body part? I'm not commenting on Are you looking at her? I, I sat across I pay the four ninety nine a month. I can comment Are on. you trying to have sex with my, my wife? <laughs> What's wrong with my wife? It always it never it never pans out. So I'm just huh. I'm not talking about my friend's wife that way. Right, well, we'll talk about you, why do you always say that shit about my wife then? Yeah. What do I say about your what, wife? You oh, can, he's going to do you that can now. Sexualize my wife, but you won't sexualize his wife. That's when not fair. When have I ever sexualized? Right before you press record, you were all talking about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you were like, "Oh man, I could yeah. split that shit open you like know, an apple." Yeah. You know, Tracy and I don't. We don't. We haven't known each other for a long time, but I think she would know enough if she listened to that. That, that is. She doesn't true. know your mind oh, behind man. closed doors. That's not true at all. Because even before you were like, "Oh, Tracy, yeah." I'd put those feet behind that <laughs> I'd smack that ass with the straightaway I'd, from a Hot Wheels set. I'd, I'd hold her down and show her the 10 states of my wheelbarrow. I don't what? know. What? <laughs> 10, 10 states uh, your wheelbarrow. 
flooded. Bend her over a barrel and show her the 50 states. Well, we could oh, talk hey, about man. some celebrity butts. Yeah. We'll make decisions on, uh, I, I put like a small bracket together. Bracket. We're going cool. we're gonna to see who has the best celebrity butt. And I'll, I'll share my screen here. So yeah. that we, we all right. I already know this guy's got some tricks up his sleeves with what he did here. Danny fucking DeVito. He's gonna put like some hot ass ass on there, and then it's gonna be he's gonna show who it belongs to, and it's gonna be some dude like. What's wrong with that? Butts or butts? Oh, John Stamos, but all right. Can you guys see that? Yep. Well, no, oh. not the way you have the screen tilted. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for making me nice and shaved. Hold on, and there's our T-shirt. <laughs> Hold on. That's not supposed to. That's my uh, my desktop background. Hold on. Let me. And the sad thing is it is. <laughs> oh. And this is what Justin does in his spare time. Mm. There we go. We're going to be talking about some butts, some butt chins. That's where we're going with that. We're going to we're going to vote who has the best butt chin. I can already tell you who the winner is going to be. <laughs> who? Chevy Chase. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he might be on this list. So what we are looking at, I'm going to explain it, and we'll try to give a little bit detail what we feel from these butts here. So right now we're looking at first runner-up. I randomized a list here of 46 people, and we're going to go quick rapid fire through this and see who has the best butt chin in the celebrity world here. So Russell Crowe is our first up against Dan Hedaya. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe? Yeah, that's more buttish. More uh, buttish than that? Like Dan Hedaya has got like that that more of a crease in there, that circular crease. I'm going to go with Dan. Dan? That's, I want to say Dan too. That's more like a butt that's seen a weekend of, of hard work. <laughs> All right. Andy Dick and Mark Anthony. You can't have a dick in a butt competition, Mark Anthony. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> um, Man, they're almost like identical. They are. They all... Oh, I think as Andy Dick has aged, his butt has been more uh, more crevassed, crevassed. Well, yeah, it I looks think... like a, it looks like the the head of a dick. And I feel like Mark Anthony's uh, butt chin is kind of it needs bleached when he's next to his <laughs> nice and hairy. You know, when he's next to like Jennifer Lopez and stuff, like you don't even notice it, but you always notice Andy Dick's butt. I'm gonna say Andy Dick. Mm. I'll go Andy Dick. You were gonna say Mark Anthony. I, s- I said Mark Anthony, yeah. All right. Andy Dick wins that round. So we got Rose McGowan and Matt LeBlanc. Oh, Rose McGowan. I would say Rose McGowan too. Matt Rose. LeBlanc, is his hasn't really been as prominent. Yeah, Rose 100%. Get Matt out of there. I know what you're going to pick. All right, John Mayer or Dr. Phil? I'm just going to go based off of the picture I like better, and I'm going to go with Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil? Yeah, his is definitely more pronounced, I think. You don't like a... I think one side of his butt chin's bigger than the other. You don't like John Mayer's butt? Well, I do. <laughs> I just think about it, what butt would I like to see my tip on more? I'll say Ooh. Dr. Phil as well. Tyler Lautner. Tyler Lautner or Ben Affleck? Oh, Ben Affleck. Yeah, for sure. That thing goes like all the oh, way Oh, for up. days? And look at... Yeah, I mean, like, I think Tyler Lautner's facial features, uh, because he looks so much like a llama, I don't notice his... <laughs> His chin I, at first. I feel like Ben Affleck's chin, he could squeeze it together like people who have the split tongue. I feel like he can grab shit with his chin. Is that Brooke Hogan? <laughs> All right. Brooke Hogan or Patrick Dempsey from Grey's Anatomy. Does Brooke even have one? I can't. Dude, she, hers is kind of separated. Like she's spreading those cheeks, those butt chin cheeks. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with her, Brooke Hogan. And like his is more prominent, but yeah, hers are wider. 
Yeah, hers are so wide it kind of sucks up her bottom lip. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with her too. Brooke Hogan. Sorry, Patrick. Doctor. Yeah, okay. Oh. We got oh. Ewan McGregor and Sebastian Stan. Disney's butt chin. I think I'm going to have to go with Ewan McGregor. Look at that prominent butt chin right there. I'm going to have like, to Like, his is a hard crease, but it sags. It's very dickish, though. Yeah. It doesn't cut all the way into the, the, the chin chin. It just stops midway. His is pretty tight. Yeah. His looks more like a, a moose knuckle. <laughs> I'm going to go with his, too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Sorry, Sebastian Stan. When in doubt, it's the hair. Like, if you have a beard or a five o'clock shadow, it kind of hides it, it a little bit. It takes away how yeah, much yeah. of a, a dick chin you have. A butt chin. And butt causes, chin, sorry. It causes a lot of dingleberries. Yeah. <laughs> it does. All right. Toby Maguire or Simon Cowell? Oh, man. Toby Maguire looks like it's a fucking divot from a golf course. <laughs> put that put that divot back. I'm going to go with Toby. Yeah. I would say Simon. You both say Toby. All right. Give him the buzzer. Boom. Ah. Now we have Cary Grant Ooh. or Vanessa Hudgens. Cary Grant. Cary, yeah. I think it, it might be the picture, but yeah. Black is, and white. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely Cary Grant. All right. Ricky Martin. She bang, she bang. Or Chevy Chase. <laughs> you don't got to ask me. Chevy. He says Chevy. I say Ricky. It looks like a fucking Venus flytrap. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get you. Are you looking? When you look into the butt chin, the butt chin looks back. <laughs> I mean, in Christmas Vacation, they even play to his butt chin when she's like, don't stay out too late. And she like kisses her finger and then she puts it in his butt chin. So, you, Yeah. Chevy Chase. So, sorry, Ricky Martin. You, you were the dark horse, but. Nobody banged that chin. <laughs> All right. Chevy Chase. Now we got Ooh. Eliza Dushku or Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Sandra I would think so. Eliza has more of a cute little. I was gonna say I can't see yeah. past her eyes. It's like if her, her if her chin, <laughs> her droopy droopy sad eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if her uh, chin was like in a pair of pants, like it'd be pretty flat, kind of, kind of more of a tight butt chin. So Sandra, it is. Her nose has more of a butt chin than her chin does. All right, Henry Cavill or Ashley Simpson? Oh, Henry Cavill by oh, by yeah. far. She I would say look so. like she has one. She does, but it's it's usually <laughs> it's filled in with Bondo for that picture. <laughs> uh, next, Tom Brady or Johnny Rezesnik. Rezesnik. I, I will never vote for anything for Tom Brady. Oh, but look at that butt chin. A fucking hater. I fucking look at that butt chin. But then again, look at he look would at, wave at you, but his fucking hands have too many Super Bowl rings on them. Yeah, that helps too when you have deep pockets and pay the ref. Hey, it doesn't matter. You doesn't can't see matter. that butt chin with a football helmet on. Champions with all that money. Ah, uh, Johnny Resnick. You can see the Goo Goo Dolls front man. Goo Goo. Yeah. <laughs> so Johnny. Even though Tom Brady's is more prominent? Like, that looks like a gangbang central ass. <laughs> this is a hate vote right there. You know, uh, Tom Brady's fucking stretched out butt chin is from Gronkowski. Oh, I don't get your reference. Uh, <laughs> sports! John Bon Jovi or Vigo Mortensen? Vigo. Vigo, Vigo? Yeah. yeah. he's He's got a very like masculine butt. buzzing of flies to you. Yeah. How many are on here? Uh, Just a quick 80-minute game. Yeah, he's like, this will be quick, and we're like not even halfway through the first round. Sir Patrick Stewart or Alexander Skarsgård? Skarsgård. Skarsgård? Yeah. yeah. The good Skarsgård. <laughs> Sorry, sir. You've been disnited off out of this. <laughs> Adele. It's such a cute little butt chin, though. Adele or Sam Witwer? I think I go with Adele, even though hers is little and cute. 
I think I would go with Sam Witwer with this one. I, I have no idea who Sam Witwer is. He was in uh he's in a lot of like Canadian TV shows. What was it like Spirited, where he was like a vampire? Well, I mean, look at him. I mean, of course, he's gonna be a vampire with that with that jawline and butt chin. I'm gonna go with Adele. All right, sorry, it's Sammy. Cu- it's cute. All right, now this one is gonna be a hate vote. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is it who I hate more? No, or? it's gonna be who has the better butt chin. But I feel like your hatred is going to yeah. Play I'm, factor. I'm I'm gonna try to Matt vote. Damon or Kirk. Elaine. I'm gonna try to vote him out and say Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. Matt. Damon. Uh, <laughs> Kurt Cobain. I, just, I would say Kurt as I well. I just don't want to look at him anymore. Hey, he's in hey a- at the end of the day, he doesn't have that butt chin anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, Matt. You're out. Kurt stays. Two for Kurt. Next is Emily Blunt or Aaron Eckhart? Eckhart. Eckhart for sure. Oh, Eckhart, yeah. yeah. That is prominent. I think him and... I bet you could put a credit card in that thing and it wouldn't move. <laughs> Ugh. Fergie? It is. Oh. I, I think everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fergie or John Travolta? I, I think they call it the Travolta, don't they? Yeah, well, yeah, definitely Travolta. Like, the N needs to be Travolta and Chevy Chase. <laughs> you think so? You're saying Fergie can piss off? Yeah, Fergie can. I, I'm pretty sure the movie Face Off, they just left the chin. They did everything but his chin. Fergie oh, can piss off because she pissed herself on stage. That's that's why I had to throw that one in there. <laughs> Ooh. This one's not a... I'm not looking at a chin. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's a gap, but it's not a chin. Andy Samsberg, Sandberg or Christina Hendricks? Sandberg. Sandberg. Sandberg, definitely. It's the Jew in him. You're voting for the Jew? <laughs> yeah. Votes for the Jew? All right. Bridget Bardot or Jeff Bezos? This one's a hard one. I think it may be just for the image, but... Hers is like on her neck. It is kind of far. She has a long chin. I'm going to vote for Bezos just because he could buy us. Yeah. <laughs> this is a safety vote. <laughs> yeah. Because he listens, you know. Huh. All right. And last of the first round. <laughs> Two of my heroes. Henry, How did this happen? Henry Rollins and John Stamos. Oh man, that this is really hard because literally that's two of my heroes so right Henry there. Henry Rollins has like the the pointy the the point in the middle. He the, has the masculine jaw button. Yeah. And then John so, Stamos has like everything the, going. The wicked witch. Yeah. Like butt chin. Like John Stamos's um dimples. Bang. What's the word I'm looking for? Are you saying Com- they complement his butt chin? Yeah. It's kind of like the <laughs> his dimples are the low back and his butt chin. I think I think just because he was close to a man that just passed away, I'm gonna go with John Stamos. I wanna go with Stamos as well. I was gonna say I can't vote, yeah. so it's up to you guys. Every respects to to Henry's butt chin, but Stamos as it is. All right. Round two. Jesus. Dan Hedaya and Andy Dick. I got to go Andy Dan Dick. Dick. Andy Dick. Dick Andy Dick. Sure. Yep. When in doubt, whip the dick out, right? When in doubt, dick it out. Rose McGowan or Dr. Phil? Rose McGowan. Yeah. She had some other kind of dimples. Ben Affleck or Brooke Hogan? Ben all the way. Ben. I got to yeah. go Ben. For the longest, I hated him because he played such a good asshole. But it's like, oh, well, he's good at it then, I guess. I don't know. Because he is an asshole. All right. Ewan McGregor or Toby Maguire? What? McGregor. McGregor? Yeah. yeah. His is more prominent. Chevy Chase or Sandra Bullock? Chevy, Chevy. Chase. <laughs> Just put him in the finals. <laughs> I feel like he's our David Howard Thornton in this. Yeah. I, I feel like. Chevy? Oh, that was the wrong thing. It was supposed to be Cary Grant or Chevy Chase. Fuck it. Chevy Chase. All right. Doesn't Chevy Chase. Sandra Bullock or Henry Cavill? Henry Cavill. Yeah. So Henry. All right. Let's get rid of her. 
It's Johnny Resnick or Vigo? Johnny. Johnny? Yeah. Yeah. Vigo has a, a very masculine butt chin. It's a very defined butt chin, but that is like a fucking flying, but, flying butt pliers chin. Yeah. But Johnny Resnick? Resnick. Resnick? I can't, yeah, I can't do it. His butt chin is like a full butt chin, but like really spread. Look at that yeah. bottom part right He's there. He's been around since that's, the 90s. That's yeah. like doing the splits butt chin. Think yeah. of how many dicks have been in that chin. Yeah. yeah. It's that's like he, he covers a lot of stuff. I wonder if it stretches out like that when he smiles. Blow if like it goes back down if he's frowning. Blow his nose and wipe his ass at the same time. <laughs> all right. Alexander Skarsgård or Adele Skarsgård. Skarsgård all the way. That's a, that's the biggest slut. Oh. Butt chin. Oh, his. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Adele there. Kurt Cobain or Aaron Eckhart? I think Aaron. Yeah, Aaron yeah. for sure. <laughs> Fuck you, Kurt Cobain. John Travolta or Andy Skarsgård? <laughs> Travolta. Yeah. <laughs> All I see is chin. I was gonna say, this is this is definitely gonna end up Chevy Chase. Hey Sandy, Travolta. hey Sandy, he's my chin. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Travolta, uh-huh. <laughs> you don't make me laugh. All right, uh-huh. Jeff Bezos or John Stamos? Stamos, Stamos, Stamos all the way. Yeah, Stamos. Uh, as much as Jeff Bezos, like he, it's not as prominent in all the pictures, but he's a prude. Yeah, <laughs> Stamos definitely has that hard butt. He's got you, a hard... You'd think for someone who has so much money, he'd get that shit fixed. <laughs> to more of a butt? To, like, maybe something that doesn't look like a butt. All right. Back with Andy Dick or Rose McGowan? I think I have to go Andy <laughs> Dick. Why Andy is Dick. it Dr. Phil for her? <laughs> because she... I lost her. <laughs> I lost her somewhere. It's Dr. Phil. I'm like, fuck. So All right. We'll, who's next? Ben Affleck or Ewan McGregor? I think Ben. Affleck. Yeah. Ben. Affleck. Hey, like them apples. Chevy Chase or Henry Cavill? Man, That's I have to go Henry. That is a tough one. I'm going Chevy. Chevy. Leave it up to me, huh? Henry Cavill's got that prominent, like he's got a... I think it's a shit picture of Chevy Chase. I think it probably a is. a better picture of that butt chin. Dad. When he was younger and he like he got a little bit more dumpy on the chin. Dad or Superman? Oh, yeah, I go with Chevy Chase. Chevy? Cavall's got a great one, but yeah, the picture the picture really helps. Johnny Resnick? Thank you. you say it. I can't say Johnny it. Resnick. Thank you. Or... Alexander Skarsgård. Resnick. I got to go Skarsgård. Look at that butt chin. I think I'm going Skarsgård too. Oh. Yeah. His butt, you can probably turn it into, well, I mean, like, he's got a multifunction butt chin. Yeah. Yeah. His, his butt chin is like a multi-tool. I there. think what hurts but, him, it, it's the butt chin, but then there's the normal chin behind it. Like, it looks fake. Yeah. It's a chin on a chin. Yeah. He's got the best of both. Right. His mandible <laughs> formed a little bit different any of these people listen to this podcast the complex they would have now over their butt chin yeah it's like i gotta do something get some filler in that i gotta do something so you say i would say in resnick you guys said Scar-Scar. okay gotcha all right aaron eckhart or john travolta oh sandy look at my butt chin <laughs> i'm gonna have to go john travolta that thing is just aaron eckhart john travolta travolta for me travolta See, Travolta does have like that Resnick chin, but his is defined. Yeah. And I think his lips is like a it's like a blowback. It's like a tramp stamp for his his chin. You think so? Sure. I just want to get if if you guys want to pitch in the money, I will get John Travolta's fucking butt chin tattooed on my chin. Oh. Uh. Uh. All right. Well, I guess Stamos moves up. I'm going to send reason. money to John Travolta to do a mold of his chin to send out to us. <laughs> Andy Dick or Ben Affleck? Affleck. Affleck. Me too. 
Yeah. Chevy Chase or Alexander Skarsgård? Oh, that's hot. I got to go Skarsgård. I do too. I almost have to say Skarsgård too. God damn it, Chevy. All right. Travolta versus John Stamos. Mm. Travolta. Travolta. Yeah. Sorry, Uncle Jesse. You can break that down in so many different (laughs) Scientological ways. Travolta is, got it? Yeah. All right. Uncle Jesse, you're out of here. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that form. Ben Affleck or Alexander Skarsgård? I got to go with Skarsgård. I think he's... I would have to say Affleck on this one. I'm going to go Skarsgård. Skarsgård? All right. Skarsgård moves up. And... I mean, it would help if we could see the picture, but... Yeah, it would. All we got is John Travolta staring at me. (laughs) I just exited out. John Travolta or Alexander Skarsgård? Who, for this one, has the best celebrity but chin... Can we see Skarsgård? I already canceled it out, but yeah, we can. Fabulous. And can we see a more recent picture of John Travolta? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I guess when you put it up together, I would have to go Travolta. Uh, let's see. Let's see how age has affected that fucking butt chin. This is as current day Travolta-ish, current-ish day against current-ish Skarsgård. I think Travolta's still. Yeah. Oh, I feel like this was kind of called from the beginning. Travolta probably would have. Travolta is the winner. All right. Thank you, guys. Congratulations. For for playing. (laughs) Mr. Travolta. We should print this picture out. Yeah. So you, what did you search for that? What are you talking about? This is just my desktop. The thing that's scary about this is that I guarantee you this is not the first picture when you (laughs) typed in like... MMM three-way or whatever you typed in. What? I guarantee you looked at a bunch of pictures. No, this is just, this is a wholesome picture. Yeah. (laughs) This is three of us with microphones. This one's not going to work. It's uh, I don't like the angle of this guy. (laughs) This is probably like the 14th one you did. Well, you probably cut out individual men and had to place them. (laughs) The funny thing is, is like, that's, that's really just in there. That's not, (laughs) that's not a, uh, I just did some hair removal. So it's, it's a little different. That's what I appreciate about you is you gave me abs. Like even when I was like 130 pounds, I never had abs. Well, I was figuring since I, this, this guy has a little bit more of a darker, you know, and more hairier. I'm probably the hairiest out of all of us. And then this guy has the tats. You're more tatted up than yeah. everybody else. And yeah. then we like to give Jeremy a little bit more attention. So <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> well, look at them nipples on me. That that one up top, I think. I don't know if I need new glasses, but that that nipple on the left, it is like it's humongous, like a foot and a half long. <laughs> Your body modifications is probably a little bit more than all of ours. So yeah, yeah. I just got a few brands and stuff, but yeah, that that's that's that. I'll flip is this it, around. Is it bad that I want to see what the real men look like? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> oh, it is kind of. It's more clear on this one. Yeah. Nice. You're like, oh shit, it's guys on there. Oh shit. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. Well, that was the but, but starting it off. It was probably a little bit longer than I wanted to go, but yeah, uh, it was fun. That's like everything, I guess. So, huh? <laughs> whatever. Stays on theme. Take it away, Jeremy. Do you want to take it away? I I, can, I have two topics. Well, do you want to come after butts? <laughs> well, yeah. You do. You do your little one, and then we'll hit me, and then you can finish with your biggin. Okay. Well. I already told Justin when we went to the bathroom, you guys are going to roll your eyes at this one. Oh, man. So this has... Um, Put your arms around me. We uh, This is our Valentine's Day special, and those Can't that know me know I absolutely me? fucking hate no. this day because of the reminder it is. We're going on 20 years. I've been single. So I got 10 facts that are kind of, when you think about it, it's kind of, it's, it's crazy. So 
almost 20 years ago was the last time I had a girlfriend. Okay. So what was her name? Here is the first fun fact. When I broke up with my girlfriend. Well, you're, you're saying like, tw- I haven't had a girlfriend in 14 years. You have a wife. I, th- I haven't had a girlfriend in 14 years. That counts. No, it doesn't. <laughs> this is single. So MySpace, Facebook, Twitter, and anything social media besides AOL wasn't even a thing the last time I had a girlfriend. <laughs> Think about that. Those are predominant. <laughs> Take those glasses off. You look like Mr. Potato Head. I kind of like it. Wait, are <laughs> those real? Yeah. They're blue blockers. They're not prescription or anything. So it's just blocking the blue. You know, I'm here staring at a monitor. Go ahead. Uh, another fun fact. The last time I had a girlfriend, only cell phones. The only cell phones around were flip phones. There were no iPhones or smartphones developed yet. Nice. If you think about it, anybody that was a newborn baby the last time I had a girlfriend has graduated high school and is almost 20. They could have a kid of their own at this point. Yeah. I was um, a junior in high school. With a nice young I didn't have a girlfriend back then either. Hmm. Another fact, dial-up internet was the only internet around. (laughs) 56 fucking megs, baby. Pick up the phone! Blu-ray. Downloading Napster! Blu-ray wasn't even a thing. Did they have like the, what are those, those master discs? What are those huge DVD things? Oh, I don't know. Master oh, discs? the laser discs. Laser yeah. discs. Uh, no, that was like the fucking late 80s, early 90s. They were like, they Joe, were the size of a record. Joe, but, yeah. Joe Simmons gave me one after we filmed Unemployed as like a thank you gift of Terminator 2. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. He should have gave you one of Unemployed. Speaking of Unemployed, I'm uh, helping. I'm still unemployed. Yeah. I'm yeah. helping. Uh, there's going to be an audiobook of Unemployed so you can read it. We're getting that done. Narrated. Narrated by our good friend Chuck Martins. (laughs) Uh, The TV show Friends was still airing brand new episodes the last time. You had to wait to watch. I had a girlfriend. All four of the Golden Girls were still alive the last time. Were you holding out for one of them? I was. You just missed your chance. Blanche, and she was the first one to go, I believe. Michael Jackson was still alive when I had a girlfriend. Was he still innocent? Funny story. Well, he was always the day Michael Jackson died, I was in the hospital for internal bleeding. It's when I was still doing jujitsu and Muay Thai. I got kicked in the lower stomach, like below the belly button. <laughs> and I was pissing blood. And I went to a free clinic because I didn't have health insurance. Did you say and I remember fruity? a free, yeah. Oh. And I didn't have health insurance. So I went in there and I'm sitting in the lobby and I was watching like the Michael Jackson has died. I remember that. And I remember the doctor stuck his finger up my butt and I wanted to say something witty. And all I did, all I could do was giggle. (laughs) It's probably the right Why would he stick his finger up your butt? To make sure there was blood. Because there was blood in my no, cycle. There would definitely be blood. Oh, there was blood everywhere. Yeah. I, sure. had they, yeah. I had bad internal bleeding. <laughs> oh, there is. It's always a mess. I lay a towel down. So two, two more <laughs> two facts. More, two more facts. Gmail wasn't a thing back the last time I had a girlfriend. Google Mail? Mm-hmm. You're still using and, Lycos. And here's the last little fun fact here. Fun fact. YouTube wasn't even close to being in existence the last time. I had a girlfriend. I was in high school when you. Happy was Valentine's kind of Day. Popular. My email back then was dvs1c10 at compact.com. Compact? My email was 2sexy329 at. We've already been through this. <laughs> my was on Excite. And I don't think they have Excite.com anymore. My AOL was xpunkchubs8403x. <laughs> I, I Daddy. Say it. What was, what was it? Daddy Dick. 
Wow, whatever. Daddy Thick Monster. Thick Monster. Daddy Thick Monster. Um, I had a, another screen name. It was like, how you doing? Because I was huge into the, the friends. How you doing, 329? How you doing? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people that still have AOL emails. <laughs> like my boss, his is still AOL. Like, One of the first years I was working with the post office, like I had somebody try to sell me AOL discs. I'm like, you're late, dude. You're late. You just go grab all of them from the, the free trials. Uh, yeah, the, the things they used to send you like four times a week in the mail. Sure. I'll buy one of those antiques. So do you feel like you're still living from that area? Or do you feel like you've matured greatly from the last time you had a girlfriend? Are you not over your ex? That's why you haven't moved on? Oh, I was over her the minute we broke up. It was my idea to break up oh. because she was very oh. high maintenance. Oh, gotcha. Do you, do you think you can't find a girlfriend is because you like guys? That could be it. Mm. No. Have you ever tried? Let me show you a picture. According to that picture. <laughs> according to the picture. Did that do anything? Have you ever tried to like a guy? Here's the, here's the thing. Why can't is, you give our love a chance? If, if, if I was into guys, I could easily have somebody. And that's crazy. And that's like not like a joke or anything because we have a lot of homosexual friends. And some of them even said that, like, if you played for this team, ooh. And it's like, I have a lot of the drag queens come into my work and a lot of them say the same thing. So it's just like... You know, you'd make me feel proud, but it doesn't. Like, just like, well, I don't play for that team, so that doesn't make me feel any better. Huh. Huh. It should. Doesn't. Why? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. It's a small confidence I'm, boost. I'm like, not, you know, she's used it. It's not a no, confidence boost. I'm not saying that is in, like, a, like, uh, you homophobe way. I'm, I'm saying it, like... It's someone who finds you physically attractive. Does it? We're not. We're taking the sex completely out of the equation. That is somebody finding you physically attractive and would like to have a physical connection with you. Why does that not give you a confidence boost? Because nothing against people that are homosexual to each their own and I support what they do, but it's just like, I'm not into guys. So it's just like a, right. a guy telling me that I'm attractive doesn't excite me are you nothing about it as a straight man are you promised to a to a gay dude like i think every straight guy is promised to a gay dude right i don't get what you mean meaning like if you're not married by the time you're 50 no 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 i mean like if you ever switch teams oh you you know like i i still know the guy anthony when i was in high school i told him if i ever go that way he's the first person i'm talking to i'm promised to him but that's the thing you don't just like i don't think it's a you just like one day like yeah I'm let's try it I out. I like guys. Let's now. fuck it up. Let's it do it. I, you know, I have a very good friend of mine who came out of the closet when he was late fifties and he got married to his husband this last year. He didn't find himself till he was late and not saying that's any, any other situation, but you could find yourself late in some people's situations. But let me pose a different question to you. Is it the same scenario if a woman you don't find attractive flirts or hits on you? Well, that's, Does that not that's give like, you a confidence boost as well? <laughs> that's no, like and, my and, whole life. Wait, and, 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 and it's not a confidence boost. When he's boost, done, though. I also would like to gaslight you, but go ahead. <laughs> well, and, and that, was, that was my question. Like, So it's the, unless it's someone you find physically available, physically attractive, or out of your league those are the only times that you will get a a confidence boost from being desired. 
I agree with that, except for the thing of just that they have to be just physically attractive. Attra- they just have to be attractive to me and not necessarily well, mentally physically, attractive, but yeah, physically and attractive, it's yeah. just like, but no, I don't. That's my life is I have a lot of the not so attractive physically. And, and I'm always said I'm the first to admit that there has to be some sort of a physical attraction to somebody for me to want to get like, I don't believe in the whole, it's all on the inside that counts. I think that's bullshit. And for, I'm not going to get into that. Like it does matter, but for most people, for the average it's man, the, yeah, it's yeah, the physicality first, is the first thing you yeah. see. And so, yeah, and but that's the thing I tell people too because it really irritates me when they get into the thing of, um, well, you don't need to have a supermodel as, and it's like you don't know what my definition of physical beauty is. or just you the, would the probably basic be standards. Su- yeah, you'd probably be surprised at some of the women that I do find attractive. But the thing is, is that I get all the ones that do find me attractive are the ones that I don't find physically attractive. Give me one or two celebrity, not like, you know, hitting covers or anything, but one or two celebrities that like you might gauge as like you know, highly attractive for your standards. Let me get this. So like somebody that. Not like a Kim Kardashian, but like somebody who's like a celebrity, like Phoebe from Friends. Oh, like your middle tier celebrities. But for you, it's like, that's a pretty, you know, that's an up there. That's a eight, nine, 10. I don't know, man. See, I, I don't go through that whole like celebrity crush thing now that I'm older. Like as a kid, as a reference, school, I guess, to gauge is, is what I'm asking. I don't know because anybody that I would list are people that I find highly attractive. And I don't know to me, I think they're highly attractive to others. They may not be. I, I or say, who do you find highly attractive? That's commonly not somebody that's up there. Who would you find attractive that? traditionally me and justin would not i don't know man you guys got me like really trying to think here like a a celebrity that it doesn't necessarily need to be a celebrity celebrity brandy loves a celebrity in so many words but it's like she's okay yeah right you're telling me she was in front of you right now i'd be like like, let's let's get it on you'd be like i can't i don't think so i've got to press sound effects i cannot do it um I'll give you a, li- a, a name a list? of somebody. <laughs> well, I, Facts, yeah. I say that because of their name. Peyton List, the girl that plays Tori in Cobra Kai. Uh, okay. I think she is beautiful. And okay. I say that because I was talking to somebody else the other day about that. And I had said that. And they're just like, really? They're just like, I don't think she's that attractive. And I'm like, are we talking about the same? And I showed the picture. And he's like, yeah. But I was like, I think she's beautiful. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, I hate using that as an example because the the small, minuscule chance that she would listen to this podcast, she'd be like, oh, that was kind of an insult. That's not what I mean at all. I think she's beautiful, and I think a lot of people think she's beautiful. She kind of has like... She's got a girl next door look to her. Yeah, like a Shirley Manson, younger years, like in some pictures, garbage lead singer. Yeah. But I don't know. Cheryl Crow? Cheryl Crow. Yeah. It's one of your favorites. Alanis Morissette. Mm-hmm. She's actually gotten hotter, I think. Yeah, yeah. What's her name? Fiona Applegate. Uh, Fiona Apple. Yeah, she'd be or Christina uh, Applegate. No, Fiona, Fiona the Apple. singer. Right. I think she's kind of one of those ones Clean where like, people room. look at her like, Ugh, but I always I, thought she was attractive. I think so. Her eyes are like so. You know, it looks like she has hay fever. <laughs> um, Jewel. Yeah, I think Jewel's an awesome. Jewel's a very attractive woman. Jewel, I I would say not just for her attractiveness, but for. Jewel herself, she's kind of like the Keanu Reeves of music. Yeah. yeah. She's got fucked over so much, but still is as positive as fuck. You think she'd be better at music as much as she gets fucked over? I, I like her music. 
I didn't say her music's bad. I just said you she'd be better at it. Oh. She'd be more widely known. So look, look at Taylor Swift. She got fucked over like four or five times, and she's a superstar. Has star. she though? Has she? No, she. I think she did the fucking over. Maybe now. One hundred percent. I think she did the fucking over. But you would still give her a chance. Hell yeah, I would because <laughs> I actually got to like work with her and like hear backstories and it's like she's very smart, very business smart. Like, there's a reason why she. I was talking about like dating and then oh, blow dating? job dating why She would Ooh. mess you over. Oh well, take you for all you're worth. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> my I mean, six I'm, bucks like, I'm in not my going anywhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost 40 years old. Life's passing by. I need some kind of story. Six bucks in my wallet and my jelly of the month club I, pass she can have. I like to tell people that the Lady Gaga song, Nebraska Guy, is about me. Gee, don't do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's about me. It's, it's me. I, uh, <laughs> hey, Justin. Uh, no. Turn your J-Man. Phone, turn your phone off. J-Man. <laughs> listening <laughs> i want to i want to go into that but i won't so. you need to do a segment where you play <laughs> i was thinking about reviewing some of the voicemails i still have voicemails of i this. mean even this i i think even this guy across from us would be creeped out by some of the things this guy I, said i don't know he's he was a interesting one anyways he's probably listening to us right now well uh, that concludes the toothbrush. valentine's day portion of this I think fuck Valentine's Day. Yeah, I'm not a big Valentine's yeah, Day. I don't think anyone in this room condones Valentine's Day. At Going all. from our from our views last year, it's episode relatively the same. Twelve, probably. <laughs> what was that episode? It, yes. You know, I, in my affection for Valentine's Day might change now that I have a son. It might be like, oh boy, you know, give her a Valentine. She might like it, but. I don't think my opinion of Valentine's Day will change, just like my opinion on Christmas might change and other holidays might change for output, but for personal input, it's still garbage. It's still trash day. Yeah. When I hear Valentine's Day, I just think Chaucer's Day because Chaucer is the one who made it romantic and Valentine made it more of a beating women. <laughs> well, I just hate that. I celebrate that part every day. <laughs> when people know, because people know I hate Valentine's Day, they're just like, but you have a niece. You love her. I'm like, Valentine's Day was not meant for that kind of love of like right. a family member. It was meant for like significant others. And that's a different kind of celebrating that people do. And yeah. I don't know. And like I said, even if I had a girlfriend, I just don't know that I would really celebrate because I'd be celebrating it every day of the the year for her not just this one day oh, yeah that's kind of how i am too and the people i guess this is kind of maybe a harsher view but the people who get all up in arms about it usually like the the females who are like oh you're not going to take me out or you're not going to do this and i'm glad my wife isn't like that because she thinks it's the same way it's like eh, it's just valentine's day it's another day it's like dedicating all your love for one day is uh asinine yeah well, I mean, you could give the ultimatum to whoever you're with. It's like, do you want me to just do this this one day or do you want to? I feel like it's not fair. 64 other days yeah. a year. Like in the fall, there needs to be like a, a spouse hate day or something like that. It's yeah. like you got your spouse love day, get your spouse hate day. It is. It's called women's liberation day. Oh. <laughs> That's every day. Go to court. You can have half my shit, even though I didn't. <laughs> well, this annulment day, day. Every day is something. My work it's just like, did you know today is National Yogurt Day? It's like, who the fuck comes up with this shit? Luckily like, here what? today, we're all celebrating Mike Patton's birthday. So We all are? Yeah, you are. I never said happy birthday to You him. just said it. Ah. I can I can manipulate that. <laughs> 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 happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. But yeah. yeah. Lonnie. Hey, my turn. Go for it. So last week I covered the butthole, right? Kind of. Oh, no, I covered all the butthole. 
everything you needed to know. Uh, this week, I was going to cover uh, the clitoris, but I couldn't fucking find it. I knew it. <laughs> so I thought he'd do something fun. I've been wanting to do this since episode two, but I could never find the right avenue to do it. And I knew I had to do it softly because I enjoy being an asshole. But I don't want to be, I never wanted to be a super asshole. But this year I decided that this year is the year I went full heel. All right. So this was the perfect. You independently chose to do this. I independently chose to, to be a heel. And gotcha. just you're putting, putting. I usually blame other people like like Paco or something. No, yeah, Those no, no. that don't know what a heel is, it's a bad guy. So in everybody listening to the Battle of Spotrap, I've not been put up to being an asshole. It is not Jeremy or Justin's fault in any way, shape, or form what happens this year. I'll be a lot nicer next year. But this year. This is the year that I am an asshole. I kind of want to join you on that journey. It's it's going to be a lot of fun this year. This year is going to be a trip. So I developed a game. Oh. So what this game is, is it's called uh, basically you're, you're, an an asshole. Asshole. you're an asshole. That's the name of the game. Good um, name. So what I have here, you guys are going to play. It's a 20 question game. I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to write down your answer. Afterwards, I'm going to go back, ask the question again, and get your answer. Hey, what the questions are. I have taken 20 movies, and I'm going to spoil them. Oh, no. Your goal is to tell me what movie I'm spoiling. If you haven't seen any of these movies, well, go fuck yourself. You said 20? 20 movies. Jeez. If you don't know what any of these movies are, you haven't seen them, you probably won't know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't seen a lot of these movies, I highly recommend seeing them because a lot of them are really great. You yeah. mean before you spoil it? Before <laughs> I spoil it, oh, okay. yeah. Some of these so are really big spoilers. Stop this podcast right now and watch these 20 movies and yeah. your turn. All right. So, gentlemen, I'm going to say the line, give you a second to write down the name, go on to the next question. After we're done, I'm going to go back, say it again, and get your answers. Okay. Most points wins. Got it? All right. All right. Question. I, I also want you to know this is kind of a dick move on your part. So What? Yeah, spoiling absolutely. So. I'm going to spoil the shit out of all these. I've been wanting to spoil movies for a long time. And nothing's new, by the way. Nothing within the last five years. I'm missing so, out on a lot. <laughs> so they're all they're all older movies. Oh, unless they're all darkly new, and I don't think. Come on. <laughs> I couldn't explain it even if I fucking wanted I to. I can. I'll send you a typed up. <laughs> Size one fault. Fine. <laughs> Two pages. All right. Question number one. Dr. Crow was dead the whole fucking time. I just wrote down the wrong answer. You can fix it. Once again, Dr. Crow was dead the whole fucking time. Steel Magnolias. Could be Steel Magnolias. Number two. Robert Angler was able to clone himself, but Alfred Barton just used his twin brother. I'm going to say the wrong movie, but it's the other one. <laughs> Just write down descriptive, and I'll know what you're talking about. Okay, number three. Was it in Bateman's head the whole time? Was it in Bateman's head the whole time? Number four. Tyler Durden is the alter ego of the narrator. Are you Googling shit over there? No, I'm typing my answers. Do you want to see my answers? Stop cheating. Oh, I think Don't I, look at my answers. I think I only got one so far. <laughs> number five. Leonard Shelby is the one who actually killed his wife. Leonard Shelby is actually the one who killed his wife. I feel like this is one of those like very smart movies that I think I might know, but I also think it's probably dead wrong. I'm just going to type it up anyways. <laughs> okay. Can you blink Morse code? Ah, look like you're just having an organism. Organism. You're having an organism. I keep my eyes way open when I have organisms. 
a straight face orgasm. Just like, uh, goo. Next. Uh, Edward Daniels is his real name, and he's actually a patient. Oh, I think I know what this is. The next one you should both get very easily. Nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Probably even more defined than that. Ready? Go. Jigsaw was in the fucking room the whole time. Justin just wrote down Rocky. (laughs) (laughs) Get him! You keep ringing that bell, I can't concentrate. (laughs) All right. Next. Aaron Stapler is, in fact, a malicious killer. The good guy act was an act the whole time. Is this... Like real, or is this like more of a theory? No, this is real. These are all the actual spoilers to the movie. Okay. These are all the twists or the spoiler to the movie. I'm trying to think of how the movie I'm thinking ends. I'm like, hmm. Probably a kung fu fight scene. <laughs> you know how that ends. Jackie <laughs> right. Chan didn't do that. Do you have a prominent kung fu uh, spoiler in there? Or? Uh, no. Oh, fuck. Fuck. Now this one... If you you get it right, I'll give you a full point. If you get it close, I'll give you a half a point. There's two questions like that. This one is the first one. She's got a dick. I think I know what Jeremy's writing. She's got a dick. Oh, I old steel magnolias. <laughs> steel magnolias. All right. Next, they are the ghosts in the house, not the people who are in the house. Is this a Stephen King one? <laughs> no. I'm. I'm just gonna. I haven't seen my answer in a long time, but I feel like it's also wrong. <laughs> my answer is wrong. <laughs> All right, next one. Esther's a 33-year-old little person. That was the easiest one so far. The next one's pretty easy, too, if you've seen the movie. I just really wanted to spoil this one. <laughs> Esther's a 33-year-old little person? Esther's a 33-year-old little person. Thank Brad Pitt. Next one. Verbal Kent is Kaiser Sose. Verbal Kent? Verbal Kent is Kaiser Sose. This is an easy one? This one should be an easy one. To who? Asians? Anyone who's watched the movie. <laughs> well, I've definitely not watched this one. Oh, man. Verbal, uh, verbal, I'm just... Sounds like Kent a, is um, Kaiser Sose. Do we get any hints with this? Why would I give you hints? To help us. He, he's no. A, he's an asshole. Why would I give you hints? Some of these are like super softballs. <laughs> I, I'm familiar with Kaiser Sose, but I can't place where I know it from, so... I'm pretty confident I've got like four right. I have at least 15 of them right. (laughs) Next one. It's her head in the box. You asked. Dunstan checks in. Yep. Next. April Fool's Day. But it's not April Fool's Day? That's a spoiler. April Fool's Day. Number 15. (laughs) It's all Jacob's dying dream. He never came home from Vietnam. From Vietnam? Vietnam. So this must be something. fucking not. <laughs> I'm thinking of something else. Fuck, what's that one movie with uh, Timothy Elephant where oh, he goes crazy yeah. and kills his friend? I think that's um, Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias, <laughs> yeah. Next one, and I want the exact movie. Darth Vader is Luke and Leia's dad. Fuck me. Double spoiler. Luke and Leia are brother and sister. Okay, next one. Norman, you're not your mom. Both got that one pretty quick. Steel Magnolias. Steel nice. Magnolias. Okay, other question. Copy. It's either a full, full point or half a point. She's got a penis. <laughs> Can this... <laughs> <laughs> She's got a penis. 
is the way that you're saying this ladybugs it's relevant <laughs> the way i'm saying it is relevant okay well i was actually thinking ladybug but we're just gonna say the same answer It'll be right for either one <laughs> you'll get a point and a half <laughs> um shut the fuck up <laughs> all right number 19 it was earth the whole time how old is this movie? 70s, 60s. That's kind of, but whatever. And number 20, it's people. It's people. I have at least like two things I might want to ask. Uh, you can ask your questions when we go over our okay. answers. Harry and the Hendersons. It's people. All right, boyos. Question number one. Dr. Crow was dead the whole time. Jeremy. Six cents. Justin. Bad boy. All right. Robert Angler was able to clone himself, but Alfred Borden just used his twin brother. Jeremy, nothing. Well, I wrote something down, but it's not right. What do you got? Do it. I put multiplicity. Multiplicity. <laughs> Justin? I can't think of the name. It's not the magician, but it's the one with Wolverine and Batman. That You are correct. It is The Prestige. The Prestige. Never seen it. Really good movie. All right. Was it in Bateman's head the whole time? Jeremy? I just put American Psycho. Correct. American Psycho. Correct. Tyler Durden is the alter ego of the narrator. Jeremy. I didn't get anything. Justin. Fight Club. Fight Club it is. Leonard Shelby is the one who killed his wife. I put The Fugitive. The Fugitive? I feel like that's right, but I said Murder of Crows. It is neither. It is Memento. Oh. Oh, yeah. Guy Ritchie's Memento. Edward Daniels is the patient. I felt like this was something else, but then I changed it to Shutter Island. It is, in fact, Shutter Island. I didn't get anything no. for it. Shutter Island. Never seen it. Great movie. Great, Great movie. movie. Just coming off of Netflix. I don't need to watch it now. <laughs> I'm just going to say that both of you knew Jigsaw was in the fucking room the whole time. Yes. Yeah. Barney's Grand Adventure. Yeah. Perfect. Right. Aaron Stapler is, in fact, the killer, and the nice guy was an act the whole time. Either of you get this one? I had an issue with that. Like, did it reveal the last name, or are you putting a last name onto it? Because I'm it, saying it revealed his last name. Stapler he, is a last name because I just put office space. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put anything. Edward Norton in Primal Fear. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that in a long. Um, she's got a dick. The first half a point question. <laughs> I put sleepaway camp. You get half a point. I'll okay. give you half a point. How about you? Uh, I put Ace Ventura. Okay. Nope. Half a point for Jeremy Lubash. She's got a dick was the crying game. They are the ghosts, not the people living in the house. I just put Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice? That's a good guess. Oh, that yeah. was a good guess. Wow, I totally did. I just put people under the stairs. Another good guess. The others. When the cult The others, in. okay, yeah. Esther is a 33-year-old little person. Jeremy jumped on this one pretty quick. Orphan. The orphan it is. Ah, I put interview with the vampire. Well, that would have been close. Her name wasn't Esther. It was It was not like Esther. Lydia or something. Or no, no. That's Beetlejuice. This one I can't believe either of you got, but Verbal can't, is Kaiser Sose. Any guesses? I put nerds. Nerds? Okay. I put three question marks. Three question <laughs> marks. It is the usual suspects. Whoa. Yeah. It's been a while. Her head was in the box. You asked... You go. Seven. Seven. I put death becomes her. <laughs> <laughs> What's in the box? It's her head. He asked. It was seven, yeah. April Fool's Day. 
I put Happy Death Day. <laughs> happy Death Day. I put Groundhog's Day, and it's, it's April not, Fool's Day. The, the answer I is. I didn't the, think it would be that simple. <laughs> yeah. The movie is April Fool's Day. I, I like the gr- whole entire movie, it's so bad. And why you do it's, that? To it's us? a slasher yeah. movie. Everybody dies, and at the end, they open the door to reveal it was all an April Fool's Day. Well, prank. I thought that, but I'm like, there's no way he's doing the actual. Absolutely, yeah. 100% April Fool's Day. Yeah. I had to throw a couple cheesy ones in there. Okay, it, Jacob's dying dream. He never left Vietnam. Guesses. I put uh, Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. I put Platoon. It's Jacob's Ladder. I was wanting to say that when you said Jacob. Okay, Darth Vader is Luke and Leia's dad. Wanted specifics, what movie? I said Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Okay. I put Strikes Back. It is Empire Strikes Back. Well, you didn't put Empire. You just put Strikes Back. That's <laughs> Everybody Jack- knows Strikes That's Back. That's a Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> <laughs> Norman, you're not your mom. Psycho. Psycho. She's got a penis. This one I did put sleepaway camp. Sleepaway, sleepaway camp. Yeah. All right, you both get a point. That one definitely. Is. She's a boy. And then you gotta do the face. She's a boy. No, her. No. <laughs> Angela. And then the, the next two, it's just like, oh, it's a different, it's a different person altogether. Okay, it was Earth the whole time. I put Space Odyssey. Same here. Space Odyssey. Planet of the Apes. Ah, okay. Same thing. Yeah. And I knew it wasn't Space Odyssey because we we had the pleasure of watching that not too recently, but recently. You watched it. I endured it. (laughs) Um, Last question. It's people. I have three answers for this. Okay. We'll start with Jeremy then. I got three question marks. (laughs) Okay. Justin. I put The Descent, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and House of Wax. It's Soylent Green. What? It's Soylent Green. I, I don't even think I've ever heard of that. Soylent Green is people. Okay. Okay. Making shit up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me add these points up here. Just say it's daddy. Justin. Justin won. Daddy? Daddy? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, scores are Justin, you got eight points. Nice. You won by point five. You, Jeremy, you had seven and a half points. Dang. <laughs> So close. Good game. Oh, sound so, effects are not. I just spoiled 20 movies for you guys. Now you don't have to watch them. And you made up one called Soylent Green. I did not. Soylent Green is an absolute fucking classic. It sounds like something I do when I eat something bad. It's like a dystopian movie where the world has become super overpopulated and they're making artificial food. And the Soylent Green, the new edition of the food, the it's green edition is people. Ground up people. They're using people for huh. the food. And that's the whole revelation is that Soylent Green is people. Interesting. Well, that was a, a fun game. I think it was fun. We'll I, see. We'll I see. Time. We're going to go ahead and uh, give a shout out to our sponsor, ML Image. And you can check out his stuff. You'll you, check out the details. Tits. Roll that beautiful bean footage. ML Image specializes in boudoir, ink, pinup, glamour, and even nude since 2005. ML Image celebrates and highlights the female form in the most vibrant, eloquent, and sultry of portraits. ML Image is an Omaha-based photographer. You can see his work at mlimage.com. Be warned, it is not safe for work. If you are a model looking to expand your portfolio, inquiries can be made through mlimage.com or mlimage on Instagram. Consider becoming a patron for more exclusive and titillating content. You won't be disappointed.
ML image, where image is everything. Is everything. Is everything. everything. And that's that. Wow. We're I'm back. Just, I'm just putting it out there that he muted me through that. Sorry. We're going to hear his lovely... Uh, I have commentary. Yeah, commentary over the product and... Michael, and it's nothing against you, I just really like that ad. And well, I, he pointed his finger at me. He's like, you shut that fucker up next time he's talking over my ad. Because he pays us every time. He needs to. We need to put that in the contract. Mm-hmm. It's like, we just played that like eight times in one podcast. He's... He's just getting over COVID. Oh, he good on him. He had it last week. <laughs> good on him. So Glad he survived. He did. You know who didn't? Beat them COVID. You know, you know who didn't survive? Unfortunately, all these people we're about to talk about. Huh? Is it your topic about dead people? No. Oh. All right. Never mind that. Cut that part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought your topic was about people who died. I actually thought about as we've been talking. It's like the the one that I have stuff here for. Like I said, I wasn't too thrilled about it. And it's like, I don't know that I want to do that topic. Well, for I, th- I thought maybe this one could just be kind of an off the cuff type of topic. Good girl. Yeah. Um, and we can just kind of like discuss our things between our uh, us amongst us, ask questions and stuff, but something we're kind of more all involved in and kind of enjoy like um, life is um, discuss our way of how we make movies. We make movies, you know, Justin act. Uh, I write direct. Lonnie writes and does whatever he can to help out on set. But it's just like, you know, there's no wrong or right way to make a movie. But um, I just thought maybe we can explain our ways of doing things and ask questions to each other and whatnot. The topic I was going to do was why the 90s were better than today. But I feel like we've kind of discussed that here and there over the, the time that we've done 36 podcasts apparently already. I look at you have something to say. Hey, well, I was going to say... This actual topic is something I wanted to do, like, for all of us at one point, like how to make a movie, BPT, how mm-hmm. to make a movie, and, you know, put, like, a little bullets and all that. But and yeah, I want to awesome. break Let's it down it. to start with three sections. You got the pre-production process, which I think is going to be the thing we talk the most about, the production aspect, and then post-production. So... Let's look at it, I guess, this way, because in a pre the first thing you got to do is come up with the story. So how do you guys base and come up with your stories to a movie, whether it be short film or feature length? Because we've all have written something. Well, I think really in mind, you have to start with the target demographic you, you're trying to reach for. I am against that. I think if you're doing it as an artist, you want to at least get your story out there or at least a compelling story. Yeah, having a demographic is one thing, but having the audience will come if they if a if it's good if they like it. Well, counter both of your things. There's only one person that I'm writing for. That's one you. art, uh, one audience member, and that's myself. Because if it's not something I would like, that's pretty much what I'm saying. Then nobody else is going to like it. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's the writing process, right. though. Like Hollywood writes the way that you're talking about is for a demographic. Well, no, no, no. It, and I'm, I'm saying that in the process of writing for yourself is why you write. You should never write for others. For others. Well, it also but depends. That's, but that's a given. Right. That's that's assumed. If you're and, trying to make one, a- 100% correct. Yes. You don't write unless you're writing for yourself. You shouldn't write unless you have passion in it because 100% someone can tell if your writing is not organic and not meant. That's why sophomore novels or novels in a trilogy the later they get they start to suck because they become forced right i think 
It also depends on your end goal. Are you writing for a paycheck or are you writing for your art? And we're all of the mind of like art is life in a sense. Like we, we want to do things that uh, people would like. Right. And not necessarily for them, but in the hopes that, you know, this is my art, come from my heart. Like if your pain inspires me to write something, it's like, man, I, I hope you would appreciate this or something. But and, and to counter your debate about you want to write to the masses, the only problem that I see, and this is strictly my opinion, of writing to the masses rather than to a specific genre is if you're writing to a specific genre – and your writing is good enough, it's going to find its way to the masses. If you're writing to the masses and your writing sucks, no one's going to like it. Yeah. At least if you're writing to a specific genre and your writing sucks, that genre is still going to like it. I think that's countering your own. I was actually for the art, but if you write a it. If you write a bad zombie story, the people who like zombie stories are still going to like it. But if you write a great zombie stories, the people who like zombie stories are going to like it. But someone who likes vampire stories might like it. Or someone who likes werewolf stories might like it. Or someone who likes love stories might like it. But if you write a story about ancestral zombies who can teleport through space and time due to the, the equinox on the 11th the, of June. You're talking about the Bible? I'm sure. <laughs> sure. And it's not good. No one's going to like it. Going back, to try to expand on that. Yeah, writing for the masses to try to appease everybody is not going to please anybody. Although there is that select few who's like, this is for me. It's like, if you contrast that against like, let's just go with like comics or something like that. Like, if you're trying to write a comic movie from the source, it's like, hey, the people who love this, this is this, but I'm going to change almost everything about it. You're going to appease the, or the, please the people who know nothing about it, right. who aren't the fans, who isn't the fan base, but you're going to disrupt the people. You know, they're like, I'm not giving you any more money. I mean, you just sullied down the whole thing. So the X-Men movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, pretty much all of the action Marvel, you know, these days. How long does it take you guys to write something? Like, it depends. Do, do, start with the process before, how long does it take you before you put pen to paper? Uh, it depends. If I am anxiously like brewing over something, I kind of want to get it down out of my head fast. I'm going to reference one that I've been writing. Well, my finish, the luggage and layover. That one took me about 10 years or so. I finally put pen to paper. I want to say like maybe three to five years into it, but it's a story that I've delved on for a long time. And then I fine tuned it three to five years afterwards and finally finished, polished it last year. And then it goes into like the next stages. But yeah, that's just the writing aspect. If I, it also depends on the length or how much I want to delve into it. Like there's another one I'm kind of struggling with. I haven't really put too much effort into it, but it hasn't weighed on my mind as much. So I'm also trying to wait for the inspiration in a sense. That's my biggest issue is my mind is constantly going. It's going up until the moment I go to bed. I'll be laying in bed with my eyes closed, still thinking about a story or project I want to do. And even when I go to sleep, my dreams have become so vivid too that it's just like, oh my God, that was a cool dream. That was a cool part of the dream. I want to incorporate that in something. So it's like, I think my biggest issue, one of my biggest issues is I have so many ideas and I want to do them all right now. Yeah. And I will get extremely, what's the word I'm looking for, motivated or inspired to work on this project and it's like, I'm working on it, working on it, working on it. And then all of a sudden it's just like something comes up with this project that I partially started working on. I'm like, oh my God, that's it. That's the answer I have. So now it's like, I've kind of put this on halt and I'm working on this one. And I hate that. I'm sure I have some kind of mental problem. 
I don't know ADHD, what all that stuff is, but it's just like, I, my problem is I have so much ideas I want to go like, yes, right now, unemployed is on top of the list right now of things that I want to work on. The biggest issue with it right now is money because it's going to cost a lot to get the crew even on board with this. It's going to cost a lot to get the equipment that's going to be needed for it. But yeah, basically what I'm saying with that is it's hard for me to finally, because like unemployed, the first one that took me like six years of writing in my head before I actually put pen to paper. Immediately after we got done with unemployed, I already had the basic generic plot for unemployed too. Never thought we'd do it because I'm not really one to do sequels, but it's like, fuck, so many people liked it. But I, again, over the last four years, I've been writing that in my head and you know, it's just, I don't know. It's a process for me because it's like right now when there's no deadline for something, I am. Why rush it? If uh, it's, if yeah. a schedule's on a line, I feel like it's going to be rushed, but I feel like it also motivates me or my, my inspiration kind of like the best actors are always working. The best writers are always working. So at least do something that way you can, you have a plethora of, of ideas or concepts to pull from, even though it wasn't hit with inspiration, it was hit with kind of force and then you can mold it to be something better. Maybe it won't hit that peak, but it'll be right under that line. Like the waiting, the procrastination, I kind of like note that to the like analogy of like going for a car trip and you're loading up your car with like so much stuff that like you feel like you're forgetting everything, but it's probably best to take the trip and stop off, you know, at a gas station here or there to pick up food but instead of loading everything and waiting that way nothing gets done or you get make no progress. Here's a problem, Lonnie. I know you probably won't like what I'm about to say here. When you don't have a budget, uh, you don't have the proper money when there's a deadline for something, yes, it can stretch you to be creative. But the problem is, is you're not going to have, unless you have that money to pay a person or contract them to be a part of your project and you have a two month period to get this project done, but this person that you really wanted on the project has other things going on and they can't do anything in that two month period. Well, now you got to settle for somebody less. And so to me, I feel like that affects the quality yeah, it shifts. of what it could be. And I know money isn't everything but when you want to put quality stuff out money is a factor in it and that is one of my issues is like i use my own money to do it and i didn't care and now that it's like i'm getting to be older and i'm looking at things i'm like you know i really can't be as careless with money as i was and not that i would feel like it was careless i've spent thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars on any project I've done. Yeah. (laughs) And I have no problem with that. I would still continue to pay that thousands and thousands and thousands, but it's like, you got to give stuff up. And at a certain point in life, you got to look at things and you're like, you know, it's not cute to be broke anymore and to give this stuff up. And so that also kind of affects how you write things too. Cause I mean, even though people that look at this unemployed two project, like this is pretty Ambitious. Pretty ambitious, but it's just like, yeah, but it could be a lot more ambitious. I had to cut some things out of it, but uh, yeah. Uh, Lonnie, we kind of skipped over you with the whole writing and stuff like that and your process of how long it took, it takes you to get like pen to paper. I come from a different, a very, very different school of writing than you guys do. Church of Satan. I feel like if you have a tangible thought in mind, I don't write different projects like you guys do. If I have a project in mind and I start it, 
I will finish it. I will sit down. Sorry to interrupt you, but is that more of just like just something that's instilled in you or is that just like, you know, mentally your body won't or mind won't let you steer no, away from because it? Because in my thought and in the writing classes I've taken and and I don't know if it came from the school of music writing or the English literature classes I've taken through school and college, when my mind is focused on a project and when I sit down to write my idea tree, I will have generally a climax idea in mind and I will have a conflict in mind and I will have somewhat of a resolution in mind. So it's, I have my plot points and I have to be able to connect A to B to C to D. And when I start flowing those ideas, the path goes. And my problem is if I deviate from that path with any other idea or step away from it and do something else and come back to it, my idea is completely diverted. My headspace is gone from that idea. So being able to reorient myself to where I was in that space is difficult for me to do. So for me, me personally, if I sit down to write something where you guys take years to write something, I will pump something out quickly. But in that same scenario, though, I shut everything else out. I shut out all other stimulant entertainment. I shut out anything that could distract me from my goal. But I write from end to beginning. I have my plot points. How do I get there? Yeah, I do a lot of filler drop-ins and stuff like right. that. Okay, maybe this will be A to B. Maybe maybe this will be. Right. What I was going to ask next was like, do you guys, when you come up with your stories, do you have the ending first and then work backwards? It or? depends on the inspiration of what the, like right. for me coming up with a thought, like a familiar uh, story or an experience, a life experience, or maybe even using certain prompts, like, like the luggage and layover. I use tarot as one of the prompts. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as far as like solidifying the storyline, but as far as like the idea itself, it was just something I've kind of thought of. Uh, some of them comes in from a dream as well. Like depending on the idea and what I want to wrap it around, for let's say with unemployed, the old folks scene was the inspiration for that. And then you wrapped a story. And that was like what in the, not even the second chapter of the movie, if you will. It's different for me. Sometimes I like to lately just get a very, 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 very basic idea. Kind of know where I'm going with the ending of it, but not a hundred percent because as I'm writing it, I, I feel like the excitement is creating the story and if you create the whole story and then write it as the writer and creator of it, you're kind of like, well, I know where this is going. It's done. Now I just got, it's like, I kind of like to just get the vague idea and then write as I go and develop things as I go. Because every time I'm writing, it's like a new adventure. I'm like, Ooh, yeah, this is exciting. Okay. We're going to do this next time. So I don't know. Cause I did that. I think with the shadow's edge, I had the whole idea. And as I was writing it, like, yeah, I had fun with it. But I was just like, I already know the evening and everything that's going to happen. And, you know, unemployed. Uh, yeah, we had basic ideas like the the nursing home scene was kind of the start of it. And we based it. And, but that was exciting to, like, know the type of movie it was going to be and just be like, how far can we raise that bar? And how can we discuss people and make yeah. this raunchy? And I mean, with that, too, that, that goes back to the opening is like. As the actors who are also inputting a bit of, well, I guess not inputting, but doing a bit of uh, our own ad libs and all that, 
taking it to almost different areas upon inspiration. But yeah, I mean, we were doing it for ourselves for the most part. Right. And it was entertaining. Like one thing actors love to do is seeing if like the director or cameraman or something like that can break or even other actors. It's like, you know, staying in character. Like you see it all the time on like SNL, Matt TV, just trying to top in a way that's believable, I guess. Right. And that's, it, it's funny you bring that up about the shadow's edge and unemployed. And my honest opinion is I like the linear nature of the shadow's edge over unemployed. And we've had this conversation mm-hmm. before that I, I prefer shadow's edge over unemployed and it's horror in general. Like, yes, sometimes horror will have that big deviation or that twist and it's appreciated, but that's one of the joys of horror is it's very linear. There's an introduction, there's a conflict and there's a resolution. Like horror works in thirds, just like art works in thirds, just like music generally is verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. And that could be me. That could be my OCD speaking. That could be a lot of different things speaking, but the pattern and the, the writing style and the traditionalness right most things follow that like hero's journey style (laughs) right and don't get me wrong i love a good mindfuck in a good twist but i think it can be overdone and i think nowadays hollywood is ingrained that in people's brains that a good movie isn't a good movie unless it keeps you on the edge of your seat or keeps you on your toes well no because you can overdo it very easily and then be lost like we talked about when we we reviewed Blood and Donuts, and I said the movie was very very unself aware, it just it had too many things going on at once. It had an identity crisis, and I think Hollywood nowadays has that problem with a lot of movies. They try to force too many different things in, and it loses that linear balance that I think a lot of writing and a lot of movies need. Or some things are assumed, like yeah. when they open up the refrigerator door. What comes after that? Well, it's right there. I think I think a lot of kind of on what you're saying, a, a lot of moviegoers are spoiled. And if they don't get a twist at the end, if they just get a movie that just ends like happily ever after, or this is how it ends. They leave the theater or unsatisfied, couch, unsatisfied, yeah. like, well, what the hell? And it's like cheated, but it's I, still a complete story. Though. I, I don't necessarily like I said, I don't usually want to do sequels just because I just feel like uh, doing a good sequel, if you had a good movie and you have to make the sequel just as good, if not better, is a hard thing to do. That's why I said if I ever did it, I'd have to be 100% convinced myself that the sequel story is going to be just as good as the first one. And I feel like with Unemployed 2, it is. But I feel like every movie that I do has to have some kind of twist that leaves it open-ended just in case right? because it's like, I may not want to do it, but this could be the thing that just like takes off and people are like, that's what I like. That's like one, one more body. Like yeah. I love it. And people are already with the one more body. Like they want to know what goes on with Alex. What's the next step? So it's like, I think you should leave things open-ended. Does there always have to be a twist? No, but I do feel like a twist is necessary in a lot of the stuff that I write because I mean, that's again, going back to one more body, people say they love the twist slash twist. Cause there's actually a couple twists in it. And it's just like, you know, they don't have to be, overdone i mean like to me i always say the best twist in a movie to me was saw like the whole fucking time not once did i think that that guy in the middle of the fucking floor the whole time with a bullet hole in his head 
was actually alive and he's the one that's doing this whole thing. Like and when he it didn't did, have an itch or anything like, yeah, but it's just fart. Like, that was just crazy. And to me, that's what kind of started like the crazy twist endings was that saw movie and like right. everybody's trying to, and I think a lot of them overcomplicate it. Yeah. That's one thing I try to pride myself on with anything I write is that it's very simplistic. That's the reason why I don't really care too much for trying to please the fans when I'm doing like creative writing. It's like, yeah, you can have something short and uneventful, but it's still a full, complete story. It's like, you can have like this long poem or you can have a haiku. The haiku is still complete. Like it, it's its own thing. And having formats or forms of art, like it doesn't always have to be like a movie. Look at like The Punisher. You had a full movie, then you had like a little short film that kind of like moved it a little further. It's like, fuck yeah, I want to see that. And well, you know, was it that Laundry Day or Laundry something like that? Right. That was a pretty good well, short and, film. And think about it like this too. A lot of short, short films, like little snippets have became full length films because people have loved it. Lights Out, for example, was like a three minute short film. Terrifier started out as a short film in a compilation and then was in another compilation and then became Terrifier and now there's a Terrifier 2. It's, it just needs to be put in front of people and that's something that we're guilty of but I think a lot of people are guilty of is they put out something amazing and then they put out something else amazing and then they take a gap making amazing things but there's a gap and in modern day in old times, and I, I came from a musical background where if you weren't constantly shoving stuff in people's faces, you're forgot. Yeah. Like if you weren't constantly there going, check this out. Hey, remember me? I'm this guy. I put that out. Hey, look at that. Remember that? That was me. Check this out. Reminds and me the, guy next, the guy next to you is doing it. Like you the are nothing. Marilyn Manson song, like they love you when you're on all the covers, but if you're not, then they love another. It's right. like- you got to continuous like there's certain artists these days like what's his name tom mcdonald constantly like almost every two weeks or so he's got a new song out and it's like it's not necessarily dropping a full-length album it's just like a new thing it's like the way that we ingest art these days is on totally different platforms than how we are raised we went to the movies we paid a ticket now you can just open up a platform all these different things that supply you with certain things like 30 second right uh, you know but what's at the beginning of a movie trailers Trailers. what have you seen a thousand times trailers and to a comment you made earlier about wanting to release the best stuff and why stuff isn't getting released and i understand wanting to release quality but the format is different nothing wrong with releasing quality but there's a time when you need to also release not crap there's a time when you need to release product there's a time when a three minute video here is enough or a hey guys remember one more body check this out or, uh, hey, guess what we have coming up? Here's unemployed. Remember when I made this? Check this out. It, it's Continue your, your relevance. Right. You know, when you have a product that's entertaining and people can get behind and you don't do anything with it. Yeah. Like, what's the what's that one Marshall podcast? That was a, that was a, a plug. It was a stab to John Marshall oh. for having done anything in a while. <laughs> yeah, it, was a, it was also a plug, too. Well, here's the thing with me is I can't write something. Start to finish. Sm- yeah. No, something small. You can, too. I, I can't. You my, just my, think my, you can. My can't. mind can't do it because I could start out with something that could be like a two to three minute short. But the way my mind works is I have to keep building on it because. Mind is stupid. I. I it could be. It very well could be. But that's just the way it is. Like, 
to me, it's like with now this is wrestling, I could have made it. And with the people that I worked with, we could have made it something that was just putting on shows at a small Eagles club or something like that with like 10 people showing up, 20 people showing up and not really putting thought, but it's like, I want to grandioso. I want things to be. You're saying like the quality of the product doesn't fit your ambition. Like it's your ambition is way more. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but it's like, and yeah, you can make a killer three minute short film, but the problem is, is like my mind is like, well, we're going to be doing that. We might as well make it a little bit bigger. Let's, let's add a little bit more to the story. And that's, that's not really something I can really control. I've tried to write short quick. I think the shortest thing that I ever wrote that we did was that Hallmark commercial. And that was nothing. I never thought that was going to see anything, but the only eyes that were going to see it were us and like whoever we're friends with on Facebook. And I mean, Hallmark yeah. has it playing on the Hallmark yeah. channel, yeah, it's on there. but it's just like <laughs> to me. And that was kind of leads into what I was going to ask too, is like when you guys write, do you write for the budget you know you'll have, or do you write as though you're going to have a big budget? I don't necessarily think about the budget up hand. Like what, for me, I kind of, there's a philosophy that I developed myself as far as like having a, what I pronounce as like the axial lens of perception. Meaning being able to adjust my scope, uh, whatever I'm looking at, uh, you know, uh, for as little as I can, like it's very systems based. And then I can move across parallel. It's like, eh, if this isn't working, I can probably go this. Now let's lean back and look at like an eagle's eye view. Now let's get in close and see what the, you know, look at it from different angles. If something isn't working, I can try to tweak it, but I don't scratch everything. I keep everything that I have. Like that was something about you. I remember you said like you, you're always writing and sometimes you're like deleting the whole thing. It's like, we could still pull from that, can't you? I mean, like something will but I do. inspire. It's I it, just because I delete some doesn't mean where I don't, doesn't mean that I don't remember it. I just, I seen you the way that you lay your head down on that pillow. You're losing brain cells. I could be. (laughs) (laughs) Very well could be, man. But yeah, no, just being able to adjust your perception of certain things. Budget, I'd never really consider unless there was something that I know I have the opportunity of obtaining. It's like, fuck, we could use this building and do something. Now let's create a story in this. So that might inspire the story. The story might inspire looking out scouting. I try not to let the budget factor in too much, but sometimes it does like your last goodbye, but I guess, should I spoil it? <laughs> I, guess I, I, I don't know that I should spoil it. I mean, the, the type of, basically the type of movie that that is, I've always told myself I'm not doing because you got to have a fucking big ass budget for makeup alone because something of that nature, people that are fans of that genre, if it's not done up to par, they're going to shit all over it. Right. I expect everything to get shit on. Right. So, I mean, like, you shouldn't expect everybody to love something. It's like, yeah, I, I'm not writing. If you don't like it, change the channel. Well, like, it, this isn't you. And here's the thing with the way I feel on it, and, and I know you guys don't feel the same way. Justin, you might, but, and I know me and Jeremy, we have very polarizing different opinions on this. I'm very big on the, I like it. The people I've previewed it, they like it. I have no problem. If it's not 100%, cool. It's good in my heart, and it's the best we could do with what we have. Put it out there. Let people like it. Let people see it. Be like, okay, if later down the line you want to do it again and you have a better budget, then awesome. Well, my biggest issue with it is audio. Who cares? I I do. Because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds audio. I, I've seen enough movies, and I've heard enough people talk about it that on this level, 
audio makes or breaks a movie and audio is not anything on your end it's the fact that i had a shitty um help field recorder <laughs> and a shitty microphone that i thought was good and then yeah the help didn't really do what i thought they did but at this point if you think about it in retrospect at this point what can we do about it Back to Lonnie's point, having it so fine polished is going to delay so much, but getting some sort of product out there to, to fill the gaps. And the thing too, and like I said, I, I bury this in and, and it just comes from the entertainment background we all came from because you came from theater, but you also have that stage and music background as well. Um, have you ever been in studio and recorded an album at all? No. And Justin, you have a little bit of recording experience from recording your own stuff. When you, the first time you go into studio... You record four or five songs. You're happy with it. You spend a day in there, eight, nine hours. You get your five songs. You're ecstatic. You put it in the CD player. It's not mastered. It's barely mixed from your technician. You have no producer. You're happy. Your five songs sound like garbage. You have a product to put out. Here we are. You give it to venues. You give it to places to get shows, to be like, hey, this is us. This is what I've done. You are proud of yourself. You get a little bit more money under your belt. You get some more songs, you get some more fans. You, that's when you go in, when you have the budget. With with the last goodbye, we know what the problem was. We know the audio was awful. At this point, we can beat a dead horse and try to fix it. Can't go back in time and redo the audio. Yeah, I always say, like, you, you don't know until you know. Right. So, like, the fans that we might have or the followers that we might have currently from previous work may not like this but it'll catch eyes so it's it's a numbers game for the most part right. it's like yeah you can't musically you can't uh, control your uncontrollables you can't control what other people are doing so you just have to do it on like trust if you will wow. but so many times when drawing or so going back to like the initial inspiration i've taken steps away from that and then returns like fuck like i just fucked it up like it's not what i wanted it to be but it is something or things that are unfinished. It's like, well, I'm not going to do anything. Here's what I had. But sometimes unfinished work looks awesome. Right. And at the end of the day, Kate acted her ass off and Vernon acted his ass off. And yeah, you know, it's somebody's talent still. It's yeah, we did. We did good. You directed your ass off and Justin camera his ass off. And I stood. Yeah. Half a day. Half a day. No, a quarter. Quarter a day. Quarter a day. We, co <laughs> we COVIDed our ass off. Yeah. That's why he was the only one that didn't get COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's just like anything else. And it's like when you, when you write a story you love. And it was like growing up as kids, you wrote a story you loved. And you're like, hey, let's go grab our VHS camcorder and our buddy and like this bottle of cornstarch and this food coloring. Let's go make our movie. You don't give a fuck. You're just so excited that you made a movie you loved. You know how many of those stupid VHS tapes I have laying around somewhere? But it doesn't matter how great it is because you loved your story and you loved how it came out because it was yours. Right. The way going on to that, one of the things, because I've done most of all of my own stuff, that's probably one of my weaknesses is always wanting to be behind to, to try to control certain things. It's like, okay, I don't know how to master. I'm going to learn this or I, uh, the certain editing things. It's like I'm always researching, trying to find new things to build my craft, which is kind of taken away from other things that I'm probably already good at. So it doesn't help me excel in those parts, but it helps me be more rounded. So in the case, I mean, like I like to help where I can be usable. Now going on, I guess we can probably proceed forward. To production. Production part. Uh, once I have a script... 
I think for me, my first thing is I want to do is have a store, not necessarily a storyboard, but like a, a, a shot list, which is a storyboard. But for me, a shot list is your map to where you want to go. That helps me be disciplined to where I'm, I'm not going to be too inspired to go further. It's like, nope, this is the, the route. This is what we're going to take. Come that shoot. Like I, I, so what I have, I guess, with like luggage and layover is I have every single shot. I have the people who are involved. I have the items, the locations, how much time it might take per each shoot times that by about three. So I can maximize my time. So I'm not wasting anybody's time. I said it many times before that what I really liked about Jeremy is like his planning, his pre-production, his punctuation. Like he has times, he has characters, like so many script advisors or people who help on, you know, they give you just not necessarily what you need to know, just like bare bits. It's like, okay, so I show up here, but what, what is needed? What scenes, you know, like, and you learn on the way, it's like, oh, okay. Why well, I, I don't, I feel like I shouldn't have to ask all the questions just to get the information you're supposed to get out. Like you want me to do a job? Tell me my job. I just, as it pertains to like shot list, like, yes, I do have something written and like the last couple things that we shot got more detailed, but here's the problem with detailed shot lists is yeah, they, they're great. They take a lot of time to put together, but nine times out of 10, Within your first two, three shots, you're going to be fucking behind on schedule because it's just, you know, if you want things, if you want the shot lit right, if you want it to look right and all the blocking to be right, that takes time. And unfortunately, on the independent scene, you don't have a fucking big ass crew where one person's job is to do this, another person's to do that. You have one person doing the job of like three or four people. Right. Right. It's just, it's just getting around that is, I feel like it's an easy fix. You just maximize the time per person involved. Right. It's like, okay, this is going to be a two person scene. All I need is a light camera, maybe somebody to hold a boom, unless I'm using lapel mics. Well, plus we shoot in such natural environments. Yeah. We shoot, like if we have a scene in a bedroom, we shoot in a bedroom. We don't shoot in a sound studio where it's a big wide open area. We shoot in a small bedroom that already has a bed and a dresser in it. Right. So you can't fit 15 people in that room. You fit the maximum capacity of people you can fit who aren't in the shot which really limits but if you're having about if you're having an about 15 people or so in something then you my thing is for like every what two to four people about three minutes per shot and then if you're adding more people into it like there's more moving parts so add two to three minutes more oh I just know that, uh, you know, you, you live and learn through a lot of things. And not that I've done a lot of my own stuff. I mean, I've done a handful of things, but I just know that a detailed shot list for something that I'm doing, it's not going to work out. And to me, it's best to just get your basic stuff down and see where you're at on time. And if you have time in the, your head, you should have these other shots or whatever that you want to do. Then you can incorporate those. But I mean, just like with that under the willow tree, that was like a three section shoot that day right and the first section was only supposed to take like two and a half hours three hours tops i mean we were like four and a half five hours in and we still were working on it and it's like we still got two more sections to do and this was supposed to be the easiest one out of them so it's like on our lunch break i just had to like cut down like we're just going to do the basic shots which i hate doing i blame i blame myself for most of that since i wasn't there yeah if i was there everything would have been smooth (laughs) i blame you too so but but yeah, no, I mean, like even having a, what I was saying is about having like a shot list, a detailed shot list. Like for me, what helps a lot is if a person has to get called off set or, or need to leave, it's like, okay, well, you're only needed for this amount of time. You're in this, 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 and this shot. Let's hit those. 
move on. And you can at least subtract from but there. But then you go out of order. You do, but and you're at least... that issues too. It can, but if you, you still have the map to guide you back. Yeah, that's where you... If you're going to choose to do that, you need someone who's like a script supervisor or someone dedicated to the script who is on the ball who's that's their main focus is to keep the ship in line which keep. sounds great and like you two are godsends to have on sex I, I know you guys are willing to when justin shows up he's willing <laughs> you guys are willing to do what it is but it's like it's very hard look my, to, my ladies to, to find loyal people that believe in your project like you do right i mean I have always said it. it's one thing to say something and it's another thing to do something. And it's like, you have all these people that's like, Oh, next project you have, I want to help out in any way I can. And then you contact them like, yeah. And then when the time comes, it's just like, they don't show up or they cancel. And it's like, that's another irritating part. And why I hate myself for doing such ambitious things that are going to rely on so many people because it's like this, even in the wrestling and stuff, people, they don't, help out and it's because they're not really connected or they they don't have like the passion that right you have for it and so it's like that makes it hard to find crew and i mean i've i've worked with some people that i thought they were ambitious and then yeah they showed up on set but they might as well have not been there because they were texting and when they're supposed or, to be <laughs> they're supposed to be watching something in the script and it's like what are you doing are you here and, and again that comes to back to you know, you're not if you're not paying them or you're paying them very little, it's like more you know, can be done for that if you had contracts, which I don't want to get into. I mean, sometimes when I don't believe in your projects and I'm holding the boom mic, I'm like, this is going to be shit, but whatever. I mean, like, yeah. I'm still there. But. Yeah. <laughs> or you just pretend like you're working. Well, that's kind of what I like about having like this tight knit group. Like, yeah, us three, you know, we got shorty films and there's several people who we worked with several times who it's like, you're not just an actor. I mean, this isn't Hollywood. Yeah, you can move some lights around and quicken the the setup. And so that helps tremendously, the people who are available or wanting to do so. Yeah, there are those people who have egos who sit off and it's like, I'm not needed for that. I'm not going to stand in anybody's way. It's like, well, your help could speed the process along. Right. You not helping makes you stay here li this late. So, and, and, you know, other than working the, the few films I've worked with you guys, I've only ever known one other person's filming setup and that was a friend of mine from high school early in the college whose sets were always an absolute i i can't say shit show because they were very organized but the group of people it was all fun games that kind of environment but with our group with your shot lists and your direction and your passion when the crew gets there and starts working they start feeding off of each other and it starts to even become like a working mechanism. This person picks up this person's slack when this is happening and you're focusing on this. Okay, I'll focus on this. Or for example, the last movie with Under the Willow Tree, I was doing the script, but I also seen that cinematographer was having difficulty working in such a small space. Well, I'm not the biggest guy in the world, so I was able to squeeze into a lot of those small places and help him adjust tripods and move things around, which helped the speed tremendously. Yeah. So just little things like that we're willing to do where, yeah, the average crew is like, well, that's not my job. And you know what? what's silly about it is, and I've said this before with a lot of things, like I treat any project I am like it's big time, right. like with wrestling. I knew we weren't the WWE, but I but treated we, it. We like made it feel like we, it was. It was WWE, and yeah. I feel that's the same with movies. But the thing is, like, if you really think of it, and something does go wrong on set, 
for one of the movies that we're making, is it really that big of a deal? But in our mind, we put so much pressure on it, like, oh my God, if something goes wrong, it's the end of the world. And what kind of a point I was making is, as a director on set, I don't know because I can't see myself, but I feel like I'm a nervous wreck. I don't feel like I'm calm. I don't feel like I'm cool because it's just like I am on edge because it's just like the director is the one that everyone's turning to and you have to give them answers. And it always happens to where it could be going cool. And then it's like all at once, everyone's coming at you with things. And it's like, you're trying to tell this person why this person's over here talking. And I try to do my best to be calm and have the answers for everybody. But it's like, I can admit that at the end of everyday shooting, when I get my car, things are wrapped up and I'm driving home. I let out the biggest, (laughs) because it's like you made it through, but then your mind starts thinking like, do we get that shot? Oh my God, we didn't get that. How are we? So I don't know. Like that's just, it's very nerve wracking, but in a good way, I guess. As an actor's perspective, I mean, I think most actors enter with a, if you want to call it anxiety or excitement, but I mean, I feel like as the director watching you, you kind of carry both or many of the actors anxiety as well. Because you're seeing all of it, and then you're also trying to like feel it. Like, is this a scene? Is this a scene? Is this a scene? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're trying to do our parts, but yeah. And luckily, I guess as an actor, I mean, I don't have to do too much when the in the pre stuff. I just got to memorize some lines and right. you know get a casting call. Take Usually, like off. the director, the <laughs> casting director propositions me with some sort of sexual thing. Right. I have only done. I mean, I've done a lot of things with you, <laughs> but. I've only been in like one movie where I've had speaking lines and um, I had like, that's a big sausage. I had like, (laughs) I had like three sentences. If that one or two, maybe three sentences, simple line. Like, no ma'am, your sink is fine. And it was like (laughs) my, it was seriously like something that long. Like it wasn't very, (laughs) yeah, that was the line, man. And that's long. Yeah. But before they said action, I'm like sitting there. I'm like, Oh my God, I, I don't know what the fuck my lines are. I don't know how actors can memorize so much shit. And I don't know how, in addition to memorizing the dialogue block, they have to memorize blocking actions that they have to do. It's just like, that's why sometimes I look at, I'm like, how, why am I directing actors? Because I'm not an actor. Like, yeah, I can visualize what I want in my head, but expressing it or even thinking like, is this too much to ask of one person to do? You have to memorize all these lines and you have to do this, but I want you to do this as well. And it's just, I don't know. I think that's one of my downfalls as a director is I think I settle a lot because I take people's feelings into consideration. Like I should probably speak up a little bit more and be like, I didn't really like the tone of that. I think, no, you get back out there. But I'm just like, no, that was great. Let's, let's move on. But deep down in my head, I'm like, it wasn't, I should do another one, but I just don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I've had directors, you know, who weren't really good at directing where it's like, so you want me to do blah, 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 blah. And they're like, good, we got it. I'm like, I wasn't going. <laughs> okay. Well, that's also one of the things that makes you a popular director and makes people want to work with you. That was your, you have a human side to you. Most everybody I know who's worked with you is saying like your projects have probably been one of the funner, more down to earth things. But. Right. So when you, when you present that style to people, when you're like, okay, try it like this okay, that was good, but try it like this. Like you're not a, like an asshole when it comes to your directing style though. You're very, you're very humble. Your critiques are very manageable. You don't put out the you suck vibe when you're directing, which I think a lot of directors tend to do from what I've seen. It's a, uh, this was bad, do it again. This was bad, do it again. 
Especially when an actor is trying to compartmentalize their emotions for certain scenes that require a certain amount of like anger or right. sadness or so. And then they're spoken to as the actor. It's like, okay, well, I'm taken out of my space and I'm also kind of sympathizing with my character. So I, I might be taking this a little bit harshly. But I mean, certain actors can compartmentalize that. And that's why I think you've earned the respect that you have in the film community is because you're able to separate the, I guess, bravado of being a director and the human aspect of being a good person, but still have that role. Wait a second. Is this why you're doing this topic? Because you needed your yeah, you cock stroked here. Is this a- and by the way, <laughs> his penis is a good solid 10 yeah. inches. You guys are the ones that start talking about it. Um, no, I just. But you're a shitty driver. I'm just following the cue cards. <laughs> I just, I don't know. To me, I've always said that it may be my idea and I may have wrote the script and stuff, but it can't be done without the crew and the actors. And I don't think that it's my job to tear somebody down. And I mean, you were there the only one time that I ever blew up on set. I really didn't even consider that a blow up because mm. I think it was. In my head, it was because oh. I You're like, yelled. You're making said, me too angry. Shut the fuck up. But everybody's there to have fun. Everybody's oh, okay, there yeah. to create something. And I don't know. I, I feel too that a lot of the people that they've been so involved in this character and have become this character that they know that character better than I know them. That's why a lot of times I'm like, what would your character do in this? It's not that I'm trying to be like lazy and have them maybe come up with an idea. It's like with Sydney with one more body before we filmed, I gave her three assignments to do to help her get into that character because I knew she was having a little bit of an issue trying to figure out what this character is coming from. So I had her write three journal entries and they were all up to her what she wrote. And like the first one was like journal entry is like before you even got this babysitting gig, just pretend, just write what you, you did that day in school with your friends and stuff. She had fun with it. And I said, okay, the second one journal entry is going to be after you got the call from the lady and you're going to be taking this babysitting job, like talk about your excitement, but you do it how you would. And they're like, and the third one, is going to be the journal entry that's right after this whole movie takes place. And I'll tell you, I don't know if you guys ever read those. I pretty but, fucked up. But like that last one, when she, she was even incorporating drawings and shit on the side of the journal entry. And I mean, it was dark and I was like, She's in this character now. So Did now you hear about like, the? And then we broke her, and she her, never got yeah. out of that character. Her yeah. school counselor actually found those journals. <laughs> yeah. She's she's in jail right now. <laughs> right, but no, it's just I don't know. And I th- I I think that's a I personally think that that's a great technique that I'm going to use for a lot of movies going forward with characters is to not necessarily maybe write journal entries, but something along those lines because it helps their mind start building this backstory. They're not being told this is where you're you came from and stuff like that it's like no this is where you're going now you tell me in your head how you got there for me for a i mean a practical journal or myself that's a technique that i've always used especially for something serious like unemployed the yeah. first one it's like i didn't really need to do it much was, it was you plus i mean you're full yeah. of your fucking self <laughs> yeah uh, but having something more serious like journaling certain parts helps because like that neuron connection of pen to paper connects certain neurons. So it's like, yeah, I'm believing this. It, it's one exercise that really helps staple that. For an actor, as far as like memorizing lines, like 
I don't know. A technique that. that I've always used is being able to do something like just doing the dishes or something and then running the lines. If I can do a activity and recall lines, then it's like, I know I have it. When it came to like school plays back in high school, I don't think the script ever left, left my backpack. I only try to do it on stage and not memorize it until I have it down, down. I wanted a little bit of something where it's like, it doesn't sound like it's just, oh, okay, and now we're going to do this. So it's not believable. I wanted it to feel like I'm saying it for the very first time. God, I had I was I had the next thing I was going to say, and now it slipped out of my mind. Pre-production? No, I don't take budget into account when I'm writing a story. <laughs> Long story short, we're actually going uh, to space. So, <laughs> so like, there's two areas that I really enjoy doing: horror movies and comedy movies. You know, I did the drama; it was okay. Don't know that I'd do it again. There's there's one more like I, obviously like yours is a drama that's coming up, Justin. It's a psychological through drama. Yeah, still a drama, and I don't mind working on it. And there there is one more of mine that I do plan on filming. That's a drama. The you're hanging of, up the, the camera. King of Hearts one. Uh, no, not hanging up the camera. You don't hang cameras up. Uh huh. But it has, uh, a, it has a strap on it. I don't use DSLR. I, I I'm not judging you. I'm just. Saying. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, to me. Comedy is probably the funnest because you don't have to take things as seriously once you're on set. Now, the only downside to comedy is that sets can get rowdy, too relaxed, a little out of control to where you might spend a little too much time on one area because everybody wants to try. They see that somebody did this and now in their mind, they're like, oh, can we have them do this? Which is fun. It's great to do. You're just Which, throwing John Marshall under the bus again yeah. like that. But it's fucked up. that's why I tried to incorporate that when I was doing the film schedule and the scenes for unemployed too. like keeping in mind that I don't want long, long ass days, which they'll probably all turn into long ass days. I wanted it to be short, shorter scenes, shorter days. So that way we could spend more time on certain things. And that's with horror movies. It sucks because you want to have fun. You want to joke around. Tears the air out of the room. It does. Like, if you're doing like a serious suspense thing and you have some fucking asshole dressed up in a wig, like a mailman. And he says a funny line like, ah, no bitch. And then ruins the whole vibe that was going on. I wouldn't say it I ruined think it. Any, I don't think anything in that scene was, was, yeah, yeah. was vibing. I didn't even want to wear the wig, but it's like, yeah, it was, fun. yeah, there's yeah. a slight, uh, people who have seen it, they like, laugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the, the, and not for the right reasons. Uh, one of the, what do you want to say? Not a correction, a, a note to it. Or, uh, Walter was one of the people who saw it and he's like, well, I didn't take away from it. Like he thought it was like a brief levity, brevity, whatever you want to call it to the, the piece that didn't pull you out of it. He was like, it was kind of fun to see, but it's like, oh no, we're serious. You know? Well, if people don't know who you are, yeah, they don't, yeah, they, they don't think anything of it. Yeah. But people that know who you are, there might be a bias, I guess. Th to that. They giggle at it. And I mean, that was just one of the things like we were, we weren't going to give you the wig, but then we had just said, oh, I wish you had a wig. And then right. Courtney was just like, well, we got some upstairs. And that was the first one he tried on. It's like, fuck. That's gotta <laughs> be it. That's well, and at the film festival too, the choose life sticker yeah. got a huge oh, pop yeah. too. That's yeah. probably and one of my favorite things. that was intentional. That was completely unintentional. It just happened to be on the van, well, but it worked out kind perfectly. Of. When, he, when those... he scouted the van, like he's like, it's gotta be. Well, yeah. yeah. Cause they, they showed me the, the two different vans that they could use. And I was leaning towards the other one until I went to the back of it. And I saw that sticker. I'm like, you're fucking coming to clean up dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> like, right? this, this has to be it. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I mean, that, and that was like an audible laugh from right. chuckle from the crowd. I wouldn't say a laugh, a chuckle, like ah, oh, those guys. But yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of hard work, and and to me, I think the hardest part is pre-production. If I'm being honest, it's the funnest part to me, but it's also the hardest part. I I don't know. I guess it kind of depends on your definition of fun because you're. Cre- I don't. That's your creating. It is creating. It's you're creating the whole project. What it's, do you you consider pre-production as far as writing as well? Or oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't really consider that anything I mean, up is, until but, you roll the camera is pre-production to me. Yeah, I think having script reads, table reads, all that stuff is pre-production. I consider a story finished when the story is finished, and then planning it out is all pre-production. But I guess I mean story does count as pre-production, but you won't have a production without a story. So so I guess kind of also depends on. Well, if you're being paid or if you're pre-production before production. So that is exactly what writing is. It's (laughs) pre-production. You enter every single writing thing like this is pre-production or is this is me creating? Anytime I'm writing a project that gets completed, I consider that pre-production. Fool of himself. But this is going to be something. It's just because you're creating everything, but it's also where you have to like organize everything and you got to contact the people, you got to get your props, you got to figure out the budget, you got to pay people. So it's both the shitty part and the fun part. Production part's fun too, but it's also like, now we got to do this. This is where the actual work comes from because this is what we're doing right now is going to make or break what the final product is, which is what we'll move into now, the post-production that's, I think, is one of the funner things. It it's can, also the headache as well. It can be. If it's comedy, yeah. oh, fucking absolutely love it because... You can add anything and... Y- you yeah. can. And, I mean, with Unemployed, again, there's a lot of stuff that made it that wasn't in the script that didn't come about until post-production with being sound effects and music choices and... Being like, I don't know if I want to say musically inclined, but musically aware. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that about you. <laughs> Have you heard? Wow. I forget what it is. Well, you don't even know your own shit. Is oh, it's the remix thing. Anyways. Okay. Oh, fucky. But sucky. like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I'm doing pre-production, I'm also being considerate of what music I might want to or what feels like. I like to use visual references. Like this is kind of like the airy space or areolas. Yeah, areolas. <laughs> Thank you. Areolas. That's the right word. <laughs> but certain Areola ideas that grandes. strike certain feelings or themes. And because, I mean, like, that's one of the things I did with Layover and Luggage with Alex. It's like, these are some did of the items. Did you just fuck up your own movie? You Wait. said Layover and Luggage. Luggage and Layover. Fuck luggage and Layover. Whatever. It's been both at one point, so it's the same. I saw Luggage and Layover. It. <laughs> it's um, like knowing what theme I'm trying to capture to have because the music is important if you i mean there's been a few movies i've done with then they didn't have like a, a score to it so it's like it feels barren like i don't well and i also hate when people just go to oh, any yeah. old find the first thing royalty and, yeah. free website and they use that and, and throw it on the beginning like, of a podcast uh, <laughs> yeah. well that's different like you know there's a lot out there where it's like it's beautifully shot and then it's like they throw in this thing that's been in like 8,000 things that you've seen because it's like one of the first ones like don't go with your first choice that you like I was like listen to the whole catalog and stuff but anyways post-production having to listen to or watch the same thing over and over just to see if you have the the right thing it's integral highly integral certain editors who see the first thing that works and throws it in it's like eh, there's better 
scenes as an actor when you're seeing yourself or other people it's like i was there for that that was like the crappier version did it not work or what's up like you kind of want to reason since you were there it's like what what's up what happened well that's kind of why like with one more body somebody else was supposed to edit it and it was kind of a blessing in disguise that it didn't work out because then i took over and taught myself a lot and i really don't want anybody else to edit what do you mean tugged yourself a lot oh i do that every day (laughs) but uh and i don't think i'm the greatest editor i have a lot to learn but it's been hard for me with projects after that sitting next to somebody else that's editing and it's like i just want to but let me do it let me do it let me do it and i was gonna say too like it's it's great having you there but sometimes it may not be a good idea to have an actor that was in it there because they they could be biased yeah, yeah exactly but at the same time they could add a lot to it that's just like you know maybe they remember that you don't remember like oh i remember this take actually being better and then it's like you go look at it and you're like that actually was better but I don't know. To me, too, in post-production, I think a very limited amount of people on that monitor watching it while it's being edited is a better option than having, Yeah, I think, no more than three people in there. And I sometimes I think, too, that, you know, maybe it should only be two people. I there. think it depends on the project, for sure. Having more eyes on something could be beneficial. Having the best eyes on things is probably the most beneficial. Being the person who created something in having the eyes of whom you trust their critiques is highly integral. Well, to me, if the editor is not on set every single fucking day, they shouldn't be editing the movie. I don't care if people disagree with that. To me, somebody going in blind, that that would seriously be like somebody going out and filming this long feature length James Cameron film, giving me hours upon hours of footage. And it's like, okay, figure it out, figure it out. And that's where I cover a lot of that stuff with the shot list. And it's just, so I feel like they need to be there because they need to see what worked and in their mind too, while they're sitting there, they're, they're visually editing it in their head too. So when they get the footage, it's like, Oh, here we go. Cause I've had that happen both ways where like the editor was there and they edited something in mine and it turned out really good. And then the editor wasn't there and it turned out, eh. it wasn't terrible, but it still wasn't the greatest. Put some names down or. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, it is tedious, but it's also probably the most rewarding thing too. Depending on the project, it numbs you to your project. And then you, I know you kind of develop certain relationship to your project where it's like, you don't know if it's good enough because you've seen it so much. And it's like, I know it worked, or at least it was working on scene or it was working in the early edits. But now it's like, I'm just sick of it. But when you see the crowd react to something, oh, it's like, yeah. okay. I'll tell okay. you, I, I I know I've said this before too, the first preview screening. night screening of Unemployed and that first speed dating scene and nobody was like laughing. It was just like, you get a little chuckle. Like, oh, there. here we go. I seriously <laughs> was like, this is fucking going to suck. Is it hot in here? It's hot in here, huh? <laughs> and then it was just like, once that stopped, that scene was done and we got into the movie. Then it was just like constant, like uproars of laughter. And I was like, thank God, because I would have probably just left and when the movie was over, it would have just been you guys standing up there like, well, he was here. I don't know where he went, but yeah, I mean, you do, you get, you get numb to stuff and I'm always harsh on stuff that I've done. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but I don't know. I don't think anything's ever perfect. I think as an artist, I don't think you will ever like 
depending how strict are you with the idea and how unwavering you are, it's like, this is what I want everything to the T. You did it. Great. That worked. You edit it. Nice. It's perfect. Like most everything I see myself in, I always feel like I can critique. And that's one of the reasons why I don't really like to rewatch too many things because it, it keeps, I already left the project. Why is my mind still there? You're a liar. I know you fucking watch unemployed every single night. Not every night. You're putting up. Baby oil on yourself in the scene. He's like, "Fuck yeah!" It's like, am I pressing play? Yeah. It's slipping off. Okay, that's kind of shit on me. I moved this up, and it sounded like it was over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, as an artist, I think we are our own worst critics. Yeah, and I think we should. Anything. Not true. You don't have a Jewish mother. <laughs> oh, this is yeah. Uh, well, all I know is that you know, I always hope that. Anything, any project that people work on of mine, that it's something that they will always remember. And it's not going to be something that is just another notch on their belt for of a movie they made or Crazy. a wrestling show they went on. And it's like, I'm glad to say that I think most people feel that way. You know, just recently when I made the announcement that now this is wrestling is not going to be anymore. I had a lot of people message Reaching me. Out, yeah. And a lot of workers that said that those were some of the best shows they've ever worked on, whether they're lying or not. I don't know why they would lie. I mean, they didn't have to send me a message anyways, but it's like they said, those are some of the the best shows they've worked on. They're sad to see it go. And again, you know, we've got a lot of return characters for unemployed W2 and that was their choice to come back on. And everybody didn't even hesitate. And, you know, I finally got, the last person that got the script that wasn't at the read through finished it because they've been so busy with the holidays and stuff and they absolutely loved the script and they were just telling me like you know the first one was like their favorite one and there's like this one's going to be probably their favorite one above unemployed so it's like it makes me feel good when people say that they don't need to say that but done our job that they, it was something that they had fun with. It's something they're proud of. It's something they're going to always remember and hope that they can keep doing that with any project that they're on of ours. So right on. There's more to the post-production, but I think you just got to do it your way. Everybody does things slightly different. So and again, like, find what works. And this is not what we've been talking about is not like, this is the way you have to do it. This is how yeah. we do it. And there's no wrong or right way to make a movie. If you completed a movie, you completed a movie. So one time I wanted to how you feel personally. And like to me, there's only certain ways that I can make a movie. Right. One time in my life I did want to go coastal, you know, LA or New York or something like that. And they didn't want you. <laughs> they said no. <laughs> they could not do it. <laughs> no, uh I realized like there is a lot of opportunity where I'm at. And if there isn't any opportunity, you create the opportunities. Like we have so many avenues that we can reach into these days to make a name for yourself. Like, you know, starting a podcast, starting a film production, like just do something. Yeah. Otherwise it's, can, it's best to die empty, die empty without all that art, you know, get all the art out of you and then accomplish something. You can be like Leave a legacy. 36 episodes in and still two listeners. <laughs> right. Hey. Luckily, 30, 36, <laughs> 36 episodes in, and we haven't had a, a mobile interruption. I fixed it. That you know of. Yeah. No, oh, no, it's on airplane. Wow. You're welcome. I feel good today. Have well, you guys heard that commercial? <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> hey, I'm going to see if I can look it up when we're off air, but it's so stupid, but it's like stuck in my head. It's like, 
I feel good today. I feel like I have. Uh, but yeah, we're getting a little late here, so I'm not even going to do my topic. What? I thought you did a topic. I had another topic. I had an actual topic. Oh. That was just a, we were measuring I was going to say, this is your best topic ever. <laughs> it was short. So, okay. Save it for next time. But I want to thank you guys. I, I will leave you guys with a, let me give you a little bit of mind fuckery. There will be a lot of people who come after you, as in like who live after you, but- there will never be more people older than you. There will be people who are younger than you, who grow in numbers, but there will never be people older than you alive. Digest that shit. The number of people will never older than you will never increase. Yeah. That's true. Thank you. That's true. And for that, we will see you out. Thank you guys for listening to episode 036. Tune back in a few weeks. Where the boys from the BPT in our studio, located in parts unknown, will be bringing you a little bit more entertainment. What movie were you doing, Jeremy? We do that one first. We've already done that. Yeah. Are we are we talking about the one that we're supposed to be doing or mine? No, yours. Oh yeah, oh. yours. Sorry. Okay, right, we'll try that again. The music's already on. Oh Just well. Uh, we're actually going to be doing a comedy movie from 2011 called Division 3. It's uh, got Andy Dick, and it's a comedy football movie. So, ah, Right on. I'll act surprised when we record that one. <laughs> Are you good today? Well, you guys have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Join us next time for more absurdity that only the guys from the Boundless Pot Trap can bring you.